22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. <laughs> Hola a todos y bienvenidos a episodio de Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later. Yo soy un los antirriones, el capitán, y hoy estoy aquí con mi otro antirrión, MFG, también con conocido como Mike the Finance Guy. He got a real pretty mouth, ain't he? Ok. <laughs> y también estoy aquí eh, um, con mi, mi hermano, mi, mi amigo, que se sabe que tiene un gran pinga, Rafa El Tech. How do I feel? I feel alive. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to English. What the fuck was that? Okay, Wait, first circuit. of all, first of all, I just want to say that that intro that the cap did, I assume, was for all the German or Japanese speaking wow. audience. <laughs> I'm not sure what I, language you were trying to shush, speak there. Shush. He was speaking Aborigine. He just missed a few clicks. Oh. I, Could, my did you, high did school you hear what I said about you? Yeah. <laughs> My high school Spanish teacher would have just failed you right then. If that was the midterm fail. Hey, he, he got the part about my big dick, right? <laughs> Luckily, I don't speak Spanish, so I don't know what was said one way or the other. <laughs> I had to try it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. And just, I wanted to see your face. I know he would have chuckled. I, I, I just... What? I, I didn't, it's really weird. Like, I think just from visiting so many different countries that I just stop responding when I hear a foreign language. If I don't understand it, I just like, oh, I don't know what they're talking about. And I'm not going to worry about it. <laughs> And mind you, I was okay with most of the words except episodio, which is episode, and um, which I didn't know no. there, was, there, there was a word for host. Do you know the word for host? No. Let me see if I say it right. Anfitriones. Sounds like you're saying frijoles. I don't know. <laughs> it's that yeah. guy that brought the frijoles. Like, he must be hosting something. I was hoping. I was like, damn, there's no synonym button for this? <laughs> cinnamon. Holy, c- cinnamon. Ooh, cinnamon on some frijoles? Cinnamon. <laughs> Holy cinnamon frijoles, Batman. <laughs> and by the way. By the way. He got a real pretty mouth, ain't he? That's from Deliverance. Ding, 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 ding. You know what's funny? I know the reference. I've never seen it. Never seen Deliverance. I've never seen it either. I've only seen parts of it. <laughs> Let me guess the guitar scene, right? Uh, oddly enough, no. Oh. I've just seen parts of it at random on TV. I keep saying I'm going to watch the whole thing one day. Fun fact, the person playing the guitar is not the kid that's in the chair. It's actually someone else's hand. Oh. Even more fun fact, the guy that uh, created Dueling Banjos, he died a couple of weeks ago. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, interesting. Oh, yeah, interesting. I think he was like 90-something years old. Well, I mean... <laughs> the Hokey Pokey guy has been dead for a few years, if you're wondering. Wow. <laughs> he has been. What that's about true. the wheels and the bus guy? I don't know. Okay. I think he's going round and round right now. <laughs> well, going from creepy freaking... Um, let me make a creepy transition from a creepy subject to something a little more lighthearted. Free comic book day was today. Yes. Yes, yes. Um, MFG, all about, yeah. MFG and I were um, on the line waiting for the um, place to open. No, no. I was on the line <laughs> waiting for the cap to wait for the place. I to apologize open. profusely to MFG. I put it, I wanted to say it now. I apologize, Mike. It was a miscommunication between Mike and I about what time to be there. But Mike and I came up with the idea that next time we go to any kind of big comic function, we need to have hot girls with us handing out our cards. Yeah. Well, it depends on where the function is. I can serve it as everything hot. Okay, well, that's true. You're right. You're right. We, you're, you're right. We cannot discriminate. You're absolutely right. Hot girls and guys, oiled up, handing out our cards. <laughs> oiled but, up, holy hell! <laughs> on the streets of New York, you're just going home gritty and dirty. <laughs> I, I say summertime, our, our listenership goes up like 200. <laughs> percent And one more thing before we even get to the quick news. Um, 
RT Square, something came up yesterday when we went to the movies. Do you ever listen to our podcast? <laughs> we, no, do you listen we to the quick news? <laughs> do you listen to the quick news? For, 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 the, for the people who, who are wondering what the hell is going on, um, MFG and I have been talking about the past couple of days. We've talked, we've spoke with Ralph and we talk about different things. And Ralph has brought up numerous things that we've brought up already on Quick News. He'll say, guys, did you hear that? Um, Cartoon Network is not going to run Beware of the Bat until 3 a.m. We said that last week on Quick News. You did? You did? <laughs> oh, who listens to the Quick News anyway? Well, my favorite what? part is I'll just go, I said it on the podcast. Which one? The one that I said it on. <laughs> That's my answer now. <laughs> answer, speak for yourself there, RT Square. I- I'm suffering from a very severe form of early onset selective memory disorder. Ooh. <laughs> you it's- smoke weed? Maybe. <laughs> are you are you preparing for your wedding? <laughs> wow, let's not talk about weddings after, after what I just saw on college humor. Please, please. Um, by the way, is the volume up? So when the quick news comes up, yeah, because <laughs> I had somebody tell me your, your quick news was a little low. Well, that's because at, at that point my soundboard volume was. Maybe I'm sorry. Let me. Very shameful. I, I, I'm news. sorry. Let me. Let me. Let me shout him out. Your quick news is a little low, Doc. Listen, listen here, Mister Kev. All right. <laughs> If the volume's down, there's a reason. Just put yours up. You shut the fuck up and make me some pie. <laughs> All right, so let's get right to it. Let's do some quick news. And now, the quick news with Mike, the finance guy, and Ralph and Kyle. All right, unrelated to the quick news, I've just realized we've got to get like higher tables or something because I'm tired of slouching whenever we have to talk into our mics. It, it, when we're at your house or my house, it's like, yeah, we it's have, just, yeah, well, we don't have like, you know, a studio we're doing with home furniture, but damn it. <laughs> hey, I figured it out during the second half. I sat on the couch and I was golden <laughs> and asleep. <laughs> That's why I didn't hear anything. <laughs> exactly. Alrighty, so uh, reinforcing what Cap had already said today. Today was free comic book day. If you didn't get up at midnight and stand online at your favorite <laughs> funny book dealer, you probably missed out on some goodies. Mid- midnight? Who, yeah. who gets up at midnight? Uh, the two guys that were in the front of the line in front of me. <laughs> they were there since midnight. I bet they were there unt- uh, since midnight when it gets to like, what was it, like 7 o'clock, then the other people showed up. No, I, it, I, I got there at 10 till 7, and I was the sixth person in line. They were even. They were like they were like. Oh, we thought it was going to be really crowded. You know, it didn't actually pick up until um, just before eight. Just before eight, it went halfway down the block, and yeah. then you know it was it was a little bit more than that. By the time yeah, you got there. Yeah, you've ever been to Forbidden Planet before? Mike goes into um, Free Comic Book Day. Forbidden Planet's in is on Broadway between Twelfth and Thirteenth Street, um, and it's right in the smack in the middle of Thirteenth Street. It went the, when I got there. The line was from the front of Forbidden Planet to the corner of Thirteenth when Mike and I had. Left Forbidden Planet, it went around the block. Right. Yeah. So it was pretty. It was pretty long. That oh, is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, I guess if you put free in front of anything, anybody will show up. Huh? Not pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it's for free, it's to me. Free circumcisions. Come and get them. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, back to the news. Who says some events can't happen twice in a lifetime? Dem bums are leaving New York City again. What? I, I knew that would catch the cap's attention. <laughs> okay, it's not those dem bums. Oh. Uh, but DC Comics is set to say TTFN to NYC and set up shop in Burbank, California. I heard about that. Yeah, I can't yeah. believe that. This is supposed to happen at some point in 2015. Um, initially, DC... This is ridiculous. This part was just was really ridiculous. Initially, DC actually, I mean, for real, planned on closing shop altogether for two months. Like, not prep ahead and get anything. They were going to close shop 
for two months in order to move in one giant leap. Who the fuck is in charge over there? Well, evidently, some cooler heads and the, the more importantly, the number crunchers <laughs> prevailed and said no. So now DC <laughs> will be moving in stages and remaining open during this transition. But eventually, uh, at some point in 2015, they expect to be totally in California. Until their plans change again and they might be here. Who knows? Good riddance. They're well, probably... with their writings, good riddance. Maybe that's why it's so bad. Maybe I, that's why I feel that way. I have a prediction. Halfway through the move, they're going to stop. So it's going to be half in California and half in New Oh, I actually was thinking that. I'm like, you know, at yeah. some point, some brilliant person's going to go, well, we should have presence on both coasts. <laughs> which then will force Marvel to do that and then I'll be angry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I was wondering as big as the big two are, the big two comic companies are, why haven't they done that already? There's already a big market in California for Hollywood and, and their movie Well, don't forget, those, those divisions, like remember, there's DC Entertainment, there's Marvel Entertainment. Those divisions, I mean, I'm not saying they're not in New York. I don't know where they're located, but right. they are separate divisions. Gotcha. You know, um, gotcha. so they might be out there. It's they're very part possible. of the same team, but they, they don't work in the same building necessarily. Right, yeah. right gotcha. um, but, but I mean, so otherwise, as far as a comic division, vision goes i mean it would be ludicrous to have two spots you know i mean it, i mean in this day and age of shipping i mean now digital age i mean you don't need two full you know or even half full places right you know, at least i wouldn't think you would but so they're going to be leaving and i'm not going to really be missing them <laughs> I, I, and, I, and i'm a marvel first guy i've always been a marvel first person I guess that's the part of me that's like, okay, goodbye, DC. I'm, I'm not i'm not i'm not crying and i can sure i'm sure at marvel stands like you'll go there over my dead but oh <laughs> you know, right over my dead body well we can wait a week Stan <laughs> wow oh. Mike talks a big game but I bet you that when DC leaves he's going to be the first one there at the building dropping off wreaths and flowers and <laughs> you're going to see a, a, a solitary tear fall from his eye he's going to be like There'll be there might be flowers, but it'll be part of some curse to make sure that that burning that building burns down to the ground. <laughs> Burned down entirely. I saw that this is some goth film. This will work. He's wow. going to lead a moonlight vigil. <laughs> so wow, DC's moving. Okay. Yeah. Uh, some more news. Found out that Hugh Jackman's healing factor might have run its course. Uh, the 45 year old Aussie was asked about a sequel to 2013's The Wolverine, and Jackman replied, "This is a quote." I don't know yet. We're talking it through. I'm still am, uh, very ambitious for the character. And tonally, I feel like we corrected the ship with the last one. But I feel we can still go further in a way. If I did another one, I'm 99.9% .9 sure it would be the last. So that will inform what it is for me. End quote. Wow. Yeah, so that's pretty much. Uh, the man from Down Under said, uh, um, he has said laughingly that the next option might naturally be to adopt the 2008-2009 Old Man Wolver uh, Logan storyline. Because oh, wow. he's getting older. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, and in another quote, Jackman said, I'm genuinely at the point where unless it's better than the last one, I'm not going to go do it. You know, wow. so, um, wow. of course, my concern, though, is that the, uh, the Les Miserables star has suggested Channing Tatum as a replacement. What? what? I don't understand no, what that would change. Something, something tells yeah. me that, that that's not him. That's maybe no, his he, agent or no, I'm saying yeah, like, yeah. like somebody plugging and say, "Hey, you plug. very possible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Channing Tatum. Yeah. So Mr. Le Miserable can keep that to himself because that idea is making me more miserable. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So we're good with that. I don't know. If we're good with that, but <laughs> keep going before I make my own comments about that because we, you and I were talking about Hugh Jackman and Wolverine in the pizza shop. Oh yeah, when we were at Doughboys, yeah. and I was talking about that. Um, we were saying how long Hugh Jackman has left as the Wolverine, and I mentioned that there was a guy before Hugh Jackman who was supposed to be Wolverine. Do you was, know who it is? Was it Jack Hugeman? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of people who probably would like that. <laughs> no, um, Doug Ray Scott, who was the um, prince in um, the movie Ever After with Drew Barrymore. 
Was he in anything else? Um, he was in Mission Impossible 2. Oh, that's good. He was the villain in Mission Impossible 2. He was supposed to be the original Wolverine, and what happened was he accidentally fell. Oh, get out of here. I just Mission Impossible 2 just happens to be on TV that we, we have on mute. That's why I was well like, really? Well done, MFG. And so, so, so the, basically the villain broke his arm while taping Mission Impossible 2. Wow. And that's how Hugh Jackman got his break. He wasn't supposed to be the guy. Wow. wow. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right. What other news we got there, man? Isn't that a very fortunate break? <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, on to the quick news before we lose our audience. <laughs> uh, Fox Entertainment is padding another villain into what is laughingly referred to as the Fantastic Four reboot. Oh, fuck. Blake Nelson is in final negotiations to play Harvey Elder, a.k.a. the Mole Man. Now, although Blake will not be donning any evil doing digs in this film, he is being set up as... Uh, he's being set up to return as the Mole Man in subsequent films. Okay. So they're trying to do a setup. Um, any of you nerds uncertain about who uh, the actor is? He played Samuel Stearns, a.k.a. the would-be leader in 2008's The Incredible Hulk. He was the guy that was working on Banner. Right. Um, and as an aside from Lou Ferrigno, uh, he claims that Marvel is attending on a second Incredible Hulk movie. Finally. But okay. there has been absolutely no word or confirmation from Marvel. This is Lou saying that he's heard this. But, you know, there's I no confirmation. Because so. I like The Incredible Hulk. We've talked oh, about The Incredible Hulk before. Yeah. I love it. I mean, even if it's going to be Mark instead of Edward, I'm good. I just want to see another good Hulk. Yeah, movie, Mark Ruffalo you know? played a pretty good yeah. um, Bruce Banner. And I'd like to see him like get a chance to be the star this time and see how he plays it, you know. Absolutely. But, uh, you don't want The Incredible Ed Norton to uh, be? I, I would love it. I, I love him. I loved him. I, loved him. I mean, I would love him back, but, I mean. It, he has you know his ego behind. Yeah, I mean, or, or they're just going to have to say he has final script approval. I mean, just out the gate. I mean, one or the other, you know. Right. And Marvel's not going to do that because it already left a bad taste yeah. in their mouth at the end of the last movie. They're well, not going to yeah. go back and, yeah. you know. Exactly. And they don't have to. I mean, they've proven that they've gotten some good writing now, finally, in their world. But you know what I love, though, in that news, though? I just like the fact that, you know, they're setting up the Woman for subsequent films as if there's going to be a subsequent film after this reboot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, fu- it's funny after every... Uh, um, I think we watched a couple of previews yesterday and you were like, oh, look, I thought it was a Fantastic Four reboot because they had like <laughs> a bunch of people, superhero, and they were like mixed. Yeah, I was like, what, what was that for? I forgot what it was, but it was like, they were, it, was a, it was a very diverse crowd. It's like a black guy or a black girl and like... Oh, it was Annie. It's the... It's oh, the, 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 Annie. It's the... It's, the, it's, 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 the, it's the, it's the reboot it's, of Annie. Yeah, La Chiqua, La Chiqua Annie. <laughs> With oh. Jamie Foxx. <laughs> so we thought, oh, wow, I thought it was a reboot. I'm like, oh, that's messed up. The sun's bees coming out tomorrow. All right. Wow. <laughs> and note the black guy said it, not the Spanish guys. NAACP, stay away from us. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mike. Continue. <laughs> All righty. In honor of our upcoming segment, let's talk Spider-Man. All righty. As we know, the real Peter Parker is back. Yay. And although he is boring as your grandma's navy bean soup, uh, Marvel is already touting its next big, big, big Spidey phenomenon. This event is called Spider-Verse and will kick off an Amazing Spider-Man number nine due out in November. Uh, it'll be continuing in that book for six issues as well as miniseries that will run alongside it. The story will be helmed by Dan Slott and Olivier uh, Coppel will do the artwork. And the preview has already occurred in today's free comic book day selection. Anyone that picked it up, look for your Guardians of the Galaxy book and go was, to the back. It's was, the last five pages. I was just going to say that. It was disguised as a Guardian of the Galaxy uh, you book. You should have no idea. I've, I've separated my books because there's only, I mean, out of all 57, really, there's only about uh, seven books that I wanted to read. 
And then I kept, I'm like, where's Spider-Man? I know it's yeah. in here. So I actually had to go online I was and find call out you. where it was. I was going to call you. Mike, did you get yours? Like, I jerked out of mine. <laughs> exactly. You know, I was getting really ups- uptight. And um, that was a geek panic attack. It was. <laughs> um, according to an earlier quote from Dan Slott, this is every Spider-Man ever teaming up or fighting each other. Some won't get along. It's a Spider-Man story on a scale we have never seen before. It's epic in its scope. That's his quote. Uh, the main villain will be Morlan, which is not an excitement to me. I do not like Morlan. Well, he was in a Straczynski run. Uh, yeah, he was the being that killed Peter Parker in the other storyline that ran yeah. from 2005 to 2006. What I don't like about Morlan, uh, before I go back to the rest of that um, news tidbit, is it's, it's – well, I'm not a fan of the character anyhow, but it's not – Morlon itself that I object to. It's what Morlon represents. Morlon is his whole thing for anyone who's not familiar with Morlon is there's a spider totem and Peter right. Parker has it in him as well as in this case it's a spider verse so it's literally a multi-dimensional spider man that he's going after. So in other words it's not a genetic coding da 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 da. It's basically Peter's been blessed by the spider god right. and I don't like that. It's a stupid story art that they keep flipping out of. They keep... Saying I thought it was all science, and then they go back to Moreland every now and then. I thought it was interesting in the beginning because I, I remember it just it being different, and I like right. different. And then when it kept going, it was like, well, this is kind of dumb. Right. Well, then it expands also because remember, it's it bad enough. I didn't like the idea of the spider totem, but then it, it's expanded out. It, it, they use this to explain why Spider-Man's villains, for the most part, all tend to be animalistic or or you know insect in nature. So in other words, the rhino would be part of the rhino totem, the vulture part of the vulture. The octopus, and you're like, fuck yeah. you, no, that's <laughs> stupid. Then where do you put crazy? Um, I guess he's part of the hunter totems. I mean, you know, I mean, I could yeah. think I could just see he him wore, doing that, He wore a know? lion on, as his uniform. You know, yeah. So maybe lions the ultimate hunter. You know, right. I mean, it's just it's such a dumb idea that it it would have been fine. For instance, if Spider Man's world was based off of that, right? If you know, if you set up a Spider Man and said this is his world, I'm like, okay, I'm on board. You've you've told me this, right? But to come like literally what forty years after his, you know, Spider Man's introduced to give me some crappy Spider Totem supernatural. Yeah, nah, I'm not into that. But anyhow, and, um, and, and give him, and give him real web shooters. Oh, yeah. Continue. Oh, I don't yeah. want to go into that. All right, uh, Mr. Slot uh, on earlier on earlier occasions and the Spider Verse panel at last week's C two E two have confirmed the fight of the following Spider Man appearances because this is giving you an idea of um, what they're talking about. It'll be Spider Man from all the cartoons will appear. Like because remember they're all drawn differently and they're all like slightly different characters and whatnot. Perhaps though not spectacular Spider Man because he's still owned by uh, Sony. Oh shit! He's part owned by Sony. Oh, that's yeah, so right. that he may not be there. Um, there's a new British Spider-Man that you'll actually probably, I guess, we saw him already in yeah. uh, the preview, so you'll see what's going on there. So um, his jokes will be dry and humorless. You'll see it when you read it. <laughs> <laughs> his teeth look good though. Um, there's Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham. Oh, that's gonna be <laughs> awesome! Spider-Ham, Spider-Ham, MC2 Spider-Girl, Spider-Man 29, oh, 2099, of course. Uh, Miles Morales, Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, 1602's Peter Parker, right? Um, probably all the Spider Women, including Aranya. Ay <laughs> <laughs> <Ay>, caramba! Um, <laughs> <laughs> there'll be Ben Riley Spider-Man. There'll be the Scarlet Spider Kane Spider-Man. I was the Kane. Right? There's even an Assassin Spider-Man from the What If Spider-Man versus Wolverine, whose web shooters shoot bullets. Oh, that's right. And the last two are just my favorite. I can't wait to see what they do with them. The Japanese TV Spider-Man oh, will no. be one of them. Does he and have his flying car? I don't know. That's why I can't wait to find out. <laughs> I'm like, I'm all in this. I'm like, they better not kill him and he better have the car. 
<laughs> with the jaguar head which makes no sense um and then my one of my favorites because this is just my childhood the electric company spider-man oh, oh yes God. the one that doesn't talk <laughs> so, so in a comic book where it's thought bubbles already you're gonna try I, well, I'm they're, how but they well they're in comics back in the day you know how you know sesame street and electric company used to advertise in the back of those things as well he yeah. would be in the, the you know just like kind of like the hostess twinkie um well, I know, advertising. Yeah. So he used to be, and there was. It would just be like if he had, if he was quizzical about something, there'd just be a thought bubble with the big question mark, like you know, because he didn't talk. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Oh my god! So those are some of those. So uh, wow, that wow, that's yeah. interesting. The Sony Amazing Spider-Man though will not be making an appearance. Uh, well, of course not. Sony's. Sony. Well, I mean, they could still be nice, but they're not. Um, and the Amalgam Spider Boy is still iffy because Amalgam is DC and Marvel. Oh, Malcolm. Yeah, so right, that's iffy if they can't get the approval. Okay. Uh, so why is Moreland about to wreak murderous mayhem upon our various friendly neighborhood peeps? Unfortunately, Dan Slot dusted off every hero fiction writer's stale fortune cookie plot. This is the quote for the plot. There has been a prophecy that every spider shall die. I hate prophecies. Um, <laughs> if that's the breath of the prophecy, the, to me, this simply could be a job for John Goodman's uh, Dilbert McClintock from Arachnophobia. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, if every spider has to die, just send him in. He's good. He's, he's exterminator. Instead yeah. of more alone. <laughs> or more alone. Yeah. And I have one more Spider-Man tidbit. Go right ahead. Andrew Garfield has been telling everyone with a microphone that he is ready to hang up his web shooters as the Amazing, as amazing Spider-Man once his three-movie contract is fulfilled. Um, at a press conference, Garfield was asked whether the torch would be passed to Miles Morales. Uh, his response was, and this is going to be a long quote, I have given that thought. I think one of the amazing things about Spider-Man is that you don't see skin color when he's in the suit. You don't see any religious beliefs. You don't see any denominations. Everyone can project themselves into that suit. It's incredibly powerful in that way. So, of course, I think the casting could be absolutely anyone. A hero is a hero, whether you're a man, woman, gay, lesbian, straight, black, white, or red all over. It doesn't matter. That was his quote. Um, now, Miles Morales was a, a huge moment. I'm, I'm sorry. This is the rest of his quote. I forgot. Miles Morales was a huge moment in this character's comic book life. And I do believe that we can do that. It's something I'm really interested in figuring out. Uh, an eloquent way of uh, coexisting or passing the torch. Uh, but I don't have an answer. But I think it's actually a really important move. I think it's a really beautiful and important move. Now, that's the end of his quote. Sorry about that before. Um, okay. Obviously, Garfield has zero to say in Sony's casting decisions for the numero uno money-making franchise. But... Uh, with the Amazing Spider-Man movie not too far away, a third one, uh, and Mr. Garfield's claim that he's ready for retirement, it'll be interesting to see what Sony does. Matt, now, is this a, a ready for retirement like... Um, no. Uh, <laughs> I can answer that. No. Yeah. <laughs> like our buddy, Mr. Um, Mr. Captain America himself? Yeah, Chris, uh, Chris Evans with the, I'm ready to retire at the ripe old age of still good looking. <laughs> no, he's not retiring, but he just doesn't want to be Spider-Man anymore. I guess he's afraid of being typecast. I guess he's afraid of that multi-million dollar, you know, paycheck. Hey, look at Tobey Maguire. What has he done since then? Don't make me look at Tobey Maguire. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> he won't look me in the eye when he reads what his is, lines. What has Kristen Dunst done since those three Spider-Movies? I was hoping she died. What do you think she's wow. done? Wow. <laughs> Leave her big treasure troll head alone. <laughs> her pasty, doughy face. <laughs> Her, her big old butt chin. <laughs> wow. And, all, and, and hey, okay. that really, that's we're going to leave her alone after that. <laughs> go, go ahead. What other quick news you got? That is all my quick news. I have nothing to add. Believe Thank it or not. <laughs> Mr. RT Squared, you got anything? Do I ever have any quick news? Well, you sure don't want to repeat quick news that I've said on other quick news guys? He, he doesn't listen to the quick news we do now. Well, that's why he might repeat something. Hey, did you know that... Uh, Beware the Batman's coming back. Shit. Yeah, I've Shut heard up. rumor. I've, I thought he was going to tell me that there was going to be coming out. <laughs> that, that was one of my quick news last year. I'm coming out. Sorry. 
Wow. Miss Ross with no hair. Wow. <laughs> That's what happens. You use all those good hair products. That's what happens. In the end, it all goes away. All right. And of course, it wouldn't be a podcast without the sirens going off. And real loud, it's New York too. City. Yeah, well, it's New York City, and like when we're doing it. Well, it's New York City, and I have two Latinos in my apartment. I don't blame the police for getting a little bit nervous. <laughs> so, so why, so, so why don't the alarms go off in my house? Because uh, you're in the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> a black guy in the Bronx is like a step up. Oh, we got some class moving in. <laughs> no, because property value goes down. So does everybody's credit score. <laughs> Thank you, Ralph. Thank you. All right. So let's what, you're just mad because I don't know anybody in the building I'll be living in? <laughs> oh, there's my aunt, my cousin, my mother, my father, my other aunt, my uncle, my uncle. <laughs> And we're all supers. <laughs> it's a 10-roomer building, and it's got nine supers. What the hell? <laughs> but 300 people. All right. So let's go to our first half. And a special shout-out to our boy, Sean. Sean, your ears are about to bleed. If only. <laughs> and before we begin any of that, we're going to put in a little thing from Mr. RT Square. It's going to file up his uh, his warning that seems to be low. This segment may contain spoilers, so leave Ralph alone. Damn straight. And it's going to be spoilers from everybody here, but it's not going to be those ruining spoilers. Yeah, we're going to try to keep it so that you can still watch the movie and be interested, but you'll know a little bit about what you're getting into. And what is this? We're going to be spoiling up a little bit? Ah. There's a tank. <laughs> Where's the tank? We're not doing Tank Girl. Have oh, you ever seen the movie, by the way? Yes, I love that movie. Lori Petty. Lori she, Petty was, was the actress? That was actually, I love Lori Petty. I've mentioned her in uh, when we were talking about um, TV shows that were gone too soon. Right. Yeah, because she but was actually, one of those. But actually, we're not doing Tank Girl. We're doing The Amazing Spider-Man 2. The, the, the anxiously awaited Amazing Spider-Man 2. Because I right. remember my MFG and I sitting in the theater and Ralph being with us. And all of a sudden, Mike would be like, oh my God, I can't wait. And then Mike says, right when we were sitting in the theater last night, you know, the closer we got to this movie premiering, the more scared I got. Yeah. Well, it was just one of those things because I didn't like the first one. I mean, I didn't hate it. I just didn't like it. So that I, I don't understand why I was so looking forward to the second one. And um, well, how prophetic can I be? Um, <laughs> anyway, wow. so let's, uh, I guess, get this started. Go ahead. Uh, I got a little synopsis for you guys. Ah, what a synopsis of Amazing Spider-Man 2 is MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. Thank you for announcing what I just announced. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't it would be a podcast without me doing that. Ralph, would you like to announce that I have a synopsis? And here with a fascinating synopsis. Oh, fuck you. Too long. <laughs> <laughs> Too long. <laughs> All righty. Amazing Spider-Man 2 is the sequel to Mark Webb's barely adequate Amazing Spider-Man from 2012. Uh, All the old crew is back. We have 30-year-old Peter Parker and 25-year-old Gwen Stacy finally graduating high school and, oh. and having the world ahead of them. <laughs> uh, Peter is still dating Gwen. Then they're not. Then they are again. Uh, Harry Osborn comes back to be insulted by his dying father, Norman Osborn. <laughs> Max Dillon proves that even black guys with comb-overs uh, can get superpowers from sea life. Aunt May spends way too much time trying to catch Peter masturbating. <laughs> and we learn that Peter's parents were more awesome than Russell Crowe's Jor-El. <laughs> so, what's a hero to do when NYC's entire power grid is threatened and an old friend becomes his worst enemy? He puts on his fetish gear and tries to save the day. <laughs> Damn, Mike didn't even try to make that into a real synopsis. I couldn't. Mike, Mike was just like, I'm going to fucking shit on this and shit on their points, and then hopefully it'll be a 15-minute review. He made it sound like it was a very crappy porno. <laughs> <laughs> he made it sound like a very crappy something. Hey, crap's part of the porno. What do they call it? Ficophilia? Ficophilia? I don't know. 
Oh, whatever. Okay. I don't know. I'm not interested in it, but evidently you are. <laughs> <laughs> because I know about it? Shit. We're going to have to give Gigi a call. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. None of that. None of that. All right. So so let's talk about um, let's talk about the movie as a whole. What did you guys think? I thought Aunt May was trying to catch him masturbating. <laughs> what the fuck was up with that? <laughs> Peter, you open the door. I'm, he goes, I'm naked. Open the door. I'm like, oh, she hasn't seen this in a while. <laughs> That's your nephew, madam. <laughs> Ben's been dead for years. I haven't seen anything. <laughs> and I was never that close to his side of the family. And I, you're not really my nephew. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's not blood related. Where's the granny bell? If we had a granny bell, they'd be like, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> ding a ling <laughs> Nice, ding a ling ling Oh, and that's so appropriate for this part. <laughs> ding a ling a ling um, So uh, kind of like a, with the Superman movie, though, we get a, an opening. We see uh, Peter's parents mm-hmm. in the beginning, and we see you know that there's more to the Parkers than we've imagined. I mean, we already knew that they kind of were involved with some kind of espionage thing from the first movie, but we right. get a little bit... Well, we get a little bit more information. Nothing's made clearer until the film develops a little bit more. But we do right. see. But we also see how the Parkers die. Yes. Yeah, we do see actually how they which, die. Which you don't really get too much of that in other places. Right. Yeah, you didn't really get that in the book. They don't think they really showed. It. They told you about it, but yeah, I don't think they yeah. showed it. You just the, said, "Oh, book. he's he's his parents are dead, and he's living with his aunt, and then his uncle dies." Well, there, yeah. Right? Then back in like the '90s, at some point, they it, decide to tell us that they were spies because they were actually spies. Right. And guess what? Guess who they knew. Guess who they knew as spies? Colson? Nope. Take Nick another Fury? guess. Nope. Think of somebody that knows everybody in the Marvel Santa Universe. Santa Claus? Actually, think about your rating system. Yeah. Wolverine? They knew Wolverine, <laughs> and he met the Parkers when she was pregnant with Peter. That's how bad Marvel decided to connect everything. And then you're... T- Tell, please tell me that Wolverine is Peter Parker's godfather. <laughs> tell me that's his godfather. Come on. You would just want that, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. How's it going, Bob? <laughs> well, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, it opens very, very exciting with that scene, which I felt like it was very Jack Bauer-esque. It was. Shout out to Kev. <laughs> <laughs> it was very Jack Bauer-esque the way, um, you know, they, they had the battle in the, in, in the opening scene. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it, was, it, was, it was very good fight scene. Out of place, plane. you know, in the movie because you're just not expecting it. it wasn't superhero-y at all. Right. Um, but I thought that was a good. And then, you know, we, we zip right in back, you know, into our, right. in our boy doing his skydiving routine, I guess. And I like and I liked that opening scene with Spider-Man because it was very, his quips were there, his funny interactions right. were there. It was just, it felt just well, like him the swinging around. I mean, they, like they tend to open up the Spider-Man. You know, you see him high jumping from we don't know what, probably, I guess, like the Empire State Building kind of height. And then, you know, just... Web swinging into into trouble after a while. Yeah, Actually, it was about a fifty story building. Yeah. I, I counted the windows. When Did you? Down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, it, I mean, that's. I mean, I'll tell you one thing. We saw it in three D. That was one of the two scenes that was worth three D. Yeah. By the way, we and it was IMAX three D. Don't belittle it because there is just regular three D. Uh-huh, I remember paying for it <laughs> and I'm being like, "Fuck, they got me again." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was an IMAX three D. Um, I mean, unless you are just really there to ruin your eyes or just have a fetish for 3D, skip 3D. I mean, just save your money. In New York, that's uh, IMAX 3D will save you, what, $6 even. Right. Um, and off of regular 3D, it'll save you $3. So, you know, either way you're saving money, just just make sure you just catch the regular. You, it's, you're not missing any. Right. There's no eye popping, really, or anything like that. But I felt like the opening sequence where he's flying in and then he finally ca- – because they show um, – uh, a, a crime being, you know, a, a crime in progress, yeah. and I felt like just the way Peter's interactions were, and how yeah. he was just—it it was real fun, and and how he was in the truck, and he was trying to grab the grab the canisters. Yeah. It was just—it was very like the comic yeah. book, but not too funny, but funny yeah. enough where I was well, like, let's just put it this way: it was funny enough that it didn't bother me, and I'm usually very annoyed at too if it gets too jokey in a superhero movie. You know? Right. My one of my favorite scenes is when he gets hit by that truck, and he's just. 
you you just picture you know bug on a, on the grill right and you just and that's and about I mean, where it was reaching my limit where i was kind of i was a little annoyed with that i was like oh really we're gonna do a, a hit by car thing he's not invulnerable he's right but that's why the thing i'm like that's gonna hurt because that car wasn't slowing down you know, you know. but but I, I it was one of those things you go ah oh, whatever it was forgivable it was, and it was, it was still kind of funny because he was, he was of course speaking of gwen you know yeah. uh <laughs> you know, doing the whole yeah. I, I you know I think he, about he, Oc, Octavius when he had the thing right. in the comic book yeah. and how he's doing it like with the cell phone. Well, it was also um like there was didn't that harken back to Superman two? Wasn't he talking to Lois at one point on the phone? Well, I guess well they didn't really have cell phone. Wasn't he? I thought there was one where he was talking? Oh no, he was talking and she was in front of him, and he that's when he remember the uh, the cab runs into him. Oh right, and he dents the cab and he's yeah. like oh pardon me and then he gets there, and I'm like. You just dented the cab, dude. Secret identity, blown. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But but yeah, I like the opening sequence. I like the way they yeah, kind it, of established as Peter. And, and that's why I like about Spider-Man. Well, the He's movie opened of, up with a very good premise, I thought. It, it felt lively. It felt like, you know, I wasn't going to get uh, too jokey. But like I said, it looked like it had some humor. It wasn't deadpan serious. It wasn't. Chris Nolan was nowhere in the parking lot at the time. <laughs> you know, like he was not involved in the making of this film. So, you know, it felt very, you know, light and airy. Um, and then... This movie started moving, in my opinion, a little too fast soon after that. Because, you know, soon after that, well, actually, during that opening sequence, we met Max Time Dillon. Man. We met um, Jamie Foxx. Yeah, we met Max Dillon, and we even met, what's his name? Um, Paul, Paul Giamatti's character. Right, yeah. which is uh, Alexi uh, Siksevich. Um, the Rhino. Siksevich, yeah. The Rhino. Well, I, he's I, just Paul Giamatti at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With, with, with a weird, with an interesting choice that they gave him to look as the rhino, as a criminal. Yeah, yeah, he, he just looked crazy. <laughs> he just looked, he looked really like like off his fucking rocker. Yeah, and his and big seen, bald head, and it looked like it was a tattoo, but it looked like a tattoo that was trying to show you where to cut into his head. No, right, it was, it was, it was like a Frankenstein. It was barbed wire. Oh, was that, oh, that was supposed yeah, to be barbed wire? Okay, there you go. Supposed to be barbed wire. <laughs> but you're saying the movie? Was, <laughs> oh God, you got to reference it back to that. I have it right here on DVD. If we need to put it, no, in. no, no. Let's skip that. So, so, so you said you know it was kind of moving fast. You felt like I thought. I mean, well, it's it's soon after that we meet Maxwell Dillon, um, and we meet that he's already an oddball. He's not dangerous yet, but he's an oddball, and he's an odd. Yeah, he's really odd. I mean, you know, Jamie Fox, I thought was completely miscast, unfortunately, Listen. in that role. I, 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 it's he's too commanding of a presence to be a an unnoticed nerdy guy. And I don't think he had the acting ability to pull it off. Because I, I didn't... I, I felt like he was acting. Like, I didn't feel okay. like... You know, in other words, I didn't feel like... It was re- from a Right, real I mean, I, I didn't feel like, oh, he's a nerdy guy. And he, or he's doing a nerdy guy, but he's doing a great job. It felt like... It, it just felt like if, you know, when when you make fun of a nerd. Like, you know, oh, pretend to be a nerd. Oh, guys, jolly fellas. You know, and that's what he felt like to me during <laughs> right. the film. You know? What were you going to say, bro? No, I was going to say, don't sugarcoat it. That guy was batshit crazy. Oh, he was. You know? <laughs> we, found, we found that out eventually. Yeah. Um, but, and again, it wasn't that wasn't a problem of him running into him because we saw how that starts an obsession. It's just that the movie took off rapidly. And that usually would be kind of a good thing. But I thought it it's a two hour and 22 minute movie. And it just felt like they kept thinking, we don't have any time to waste. And I think they should have slowed down a little bit at parts. But you know, I feel like that they they moved quick, and it's and it's funny that I bring up this idea because it's going to be in the next segment. They speed they sped up certain parts, but certain parts were slowed down, like the the love interest thing between um, Peter and and Gwen. Right. Like I felt like that. I don't say it dragged because I was inter- I was interested. Right. It wasn't but, a drag, but, but, but it was a little bit too much. It was like okay, can we we can cut one of these long scenes out 
and been okay. And, and also, though, I would actually say, and I was thinking about this because I know we commented about that when we left the theater last night. I was actually thinking, I'm like, you know what? It's not so much, at least in my opinion, it's not so much that the, the, the love interest scenes dragged the movie down. It's, again, I think it's because the movie was moving too fast. Okay. If the oh, movie oh, I see itself, yeah, if everything else had slowed down a fraction, the love interest wouldn't have seemed so slow. It would have seemed like an appropriate pause. You know what I mean? But because everything was moving so rapidly, like they were trying to jam the well, story in did, so fast. Did you want like uh, some sort of like time code every morning? It's like, you know, okay, this scene is the February 1st, 2018. It would have helped. That, that would help. This we, you scene know. is June 12th. Well, it it would have helped because that I'm, movie, the time factor in that movie was all over the place. I, I, sometimes I think Mike is a little bit, you know, a, a little bit uh, anal when it comes to the time. But, but, I'll, but, but, I'll give, but I'll give him this. There's a part where I do feel that, and that's when he went from graduating right. into when he went to the being Spider-Man, and it kept showing him like changing his costume over and over, over well, and over. And you couldn't tell yeah. is that six months? Is that two years? Is you know you couldn't tell? Right. What, well, I mean, well, it's like I said, it's it's. I mean, I'm not picky about time. I mean, as long as I can follow the movie, <laughs> you know. I mean, give me a sense of time, but because it was also weird. I mean, it's not that Harry Osborn can't be older than Peter Parker, but you you know we all know Harry Osborn from the cartoon. They went to school right. together, right? Um, so that you know, granted, they didn't establish that. You just knew that he knew Peter when his parents went missing. Well, so you're assuming they're still the same age. So that when we we the way the scenes move, we move right from graduation to Harry is back in town. And we hear that Harry is 20 years old. So you're like, well, how old were Gwen and Peter when they graduated? It's like, <laughs> how, they were like the oldest people in, in the high school, you know? Well, well they, because they make no, no, no reference that right. they were actually in school together, one could just assume that because their fathers were close friends, you know, they hung out together as they were, when they were kids. Or, or yeah. they were going to school maybe in middle, what I got, that's just me. What I got was they were friends in middle school and then somehow Harry went away, but you still couldn't tell. How long was it that I mean? They they said they haven't seen each other in years, but then you're like, do, you're trying to do the math. Well, he like, said he hadn't. They haven't seen. He, was he it, hadn't was seen it seven, him, eight years? Well, he said he hadn't seen each other. They haven't seen each other since his parents were gone. Yeah, he hasn't seen him since he was six years old. Well, since Peter was yeah, six I years totally, old, I totally, I totally, yeah, because you know. So I'm like, I was just like, well, that's also kind of odd. But I mean, I understood Peter's reason for visiting him because his parent just died. You know, uh, Norman's yeah. parent, uh, Harry's parent. You know, yeah. so it was all of that. But um, it was just it was just a weird time thing because. Because also, too, I mean, you know, I, I understand we're supposed to put on that little, uh, the, the spectacles of disbelief, but, you know, at no point do Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone look like high schoolers. That's so, I, so at first, because I, I even turned to the cap and I'm like, I wasn't trying to be funny. I'm like, did they just graduate college or high school? Because they were, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's why I went in my, my opening synopsis, I was making fun of it because it's like, you know, he is 30 years old and she is 25. I mean, they may like, they look nice for their age, but they don't look like high schoolers. Yeah. So, that also threw me off because I'm like, well, did they graduate high school? And if they did, and Harry's 20, are they now 20? You know, did, well, is it two years? You know? That explains why she was the valedictorian. She's been through it so many times. It was easier for her to get <laughs> she, there. She, was she got better could, and better. She's yeah. the only one that could spell valedictorian on the test. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hope, now you too, dropouts, can have a chance. <laughs> Come back and do, and do five more years of, of 12th grade and you will be the valedictorian <laughs> of your class. That is true. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, that wasn't a big deal. It's just that it, there's other instances in the movie though, where time seems uh, to bend a little bit. Um, oh, so yeah. that like it just was a little bit confusing for me, but again, not, nothing that's a deal breaker with the movie. It just but, it just but, made me but, question where was I? <laughs> but I agree because um because when you like 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 I said when you got to that Spider Man thing of changing over and over, I couldn't tell how far has it been since he's right. since he and Gwen got into that argument right. and until when you know he meets with Harry. Right. I'm like wow, what that you know how long has it been? Okay. So now so you know we have Harry Osborn back in town. Um, we find out that uh, Harry's ill. Yeah. 
you know that's, that's, um, a, that's a very interesting take on the story <laughs> he's ill and uh, basically they need something from uh, Osborne hopefully his, his technical comp- uh, tech company right. can fix up whatever is bothering him you know because his father's passed on and left him legacy that way um, how do we feel about that how do we feel about Norman dying right in the movie I, I, well and, and not exciting he just dies guys if you're just wondering I, I kind of I with ca- like Freaking long, long I, ass. I don't know what kind of nails. illness he had. <laughs> yeah, he, he looked kind of like a, a. They couldn't cut his nails or something? <laughs> well, I mean, I liked how they kind of try to make it like he was actually turning into a goblin, but if the, but we'll get into that in a little bit about how that happened. I wish they would have explained that differently. I like that he died, but I kind of felt like that death was the bait and switch. Like they, they, they give me that, and then they're going to come up with something else. Right. You know, later on in the well, movie. Also, well, also, um, what I what I found interesting, and I have no problem with this, because then you do need to keep it fresh, and you have an audience to entertain. Is that in killing Norman Osborn, it you made sure that we have a younger everything going on. Yeah, like you don't you don't want eighteen year old Peter Parker and this forty year old Goblin, you know, <laughs> battling it out. I mean, it's not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just. You know, we're not talking comic book where age is, seems, you know, very irrelevant and you can't tell. It, it, when you're watching a screen, it just kind of looks off a little bit. Right. You know, so I, I'm good with that. Could you imagine? It's like, hold on, Spider-Man. I got to go use the bathroom because my prostate is, you know, <laughs> giving me some problem. You know, oh, right in the colostomy bag. <laughs> <laughs> wow, your Green Goblin is not that bad, Ralph. Uh, Don't do it again, though, because you always fuck it up the second time. That's not so good. Well, no, listen on. here, Captain. Oh, now it's like a cowboy. <laughs> Howdy, partner. <laughs> but, but, but oh, that yeah. sounds like Bane. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, 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 <laughs> Mama Cass, what? Uh. <laughs> but anyway, going back to the story. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> we have a we have a family. Right, what do we think of uh, Dane DeHaan as Harry Osborne, otherwise known as Draco Malfoy? <laughs> he look, I turned I turned around right away. I'm like. It's Draco Malfoy. <laughs> he looks just like the guy. He's like, you know, he seems like, it just seemed creepy, you know? Well, he's, he had the nice, I like the nice creep. I and mean, he's a bit too creepy for a 20-year-old kid. But um, I just thought that they went, it's again, because the movie moves so rapidly, you just went from, Hey Peter, it's really nice to see you. Give me your blood. <laughs> I like, want to suck your blood. Yeah, you're just like, holy ah. shit! It's only been an hour. <laughs> wow, how many times I've said that before? Like, oh, he's buying me dinner first. I mean, come on. Man. <laughs> I think kid's good night. Yeah, just, I just felt, I just felt that his his character flip out. I thought it would have been great if, it, and not that again, I want a whole movie of a Green Goblin change, but. It just didn't pace itself again. It, it felt it like it should be a progression. Yeah, it just yeah. felt like like okay, we've got a time schedule to keep here, people. Let's move it along. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it, it was very drastic. I mean, I it almost made it very. And I, I'm going to mention this, and it's a spoiler, but it's not a big spoiler. When um, Harry's talking to Peter about his sickness, are you going to tell them that Spider Man is really Peter Parker? That is way <laughs> too much of a spoiler. <laughs> Heroes need their identities. Anyway, <laughs> and um, now we apologize to all superheroes out there. Your identities are precious, especially you, Bruce Wayne. You're a great Batman. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I was gonna say was when when Peter Parker and, and and Harry are talking, and Harry's trying to figure out how to, you know, find a cure, and he talks mm-hmm. about he can use Spider Man's blood. That's kind of where, and this is like an hour into the movie. Oh yeah, it, that's kind of where I was like, oh, I don't like this explanation. They fucked up here. Because the way they explained how, or at least Harry explained how he understood 
Spider-Man had bit, got, got bit by the, by one of their spiders and that his blood can help. And I was like, when would he know that? Well, he had the file that said they experimented on spiders, but there's such, it's just a big leap of, well, we experimented on spiders and there's a Spider-Man. Now, I get it sounds logical when we're talking about it. It's just in real world conversation. It doesn't sound logical. And then the second part, <laughs> and then the second part of the logic, which is you take pictures of Spider-Man, you must know him. Yeah, the, well, that one I didn't understand. Because that, was, I, that was like a comic book I, reference, not not yeah, a real life reference. Right, that was like you know you know paparazzi. You take pictures of Beyonce. What's her phone number? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lucky when she doesn't hit me in the face for taking a picture. Right. <laughs> Wait, her number is five 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 oh one oh one. That's not a real number. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that bothered me when he goes, "Yeah, you you must know Spider Man." Um, um, talk to him. I was like, "How do you know that he knows it?" And I and I'm sure. I'm sorry. Peter's like. Uh, listen, man. I use a telephoto lens, man, from a distance. So it's like there's no way I could know the guy. Did right. Peter just come across, to cover that? Yeah. Did Peter just come across the border? <laughs> yeah, that, that wasn't the Peter Parker imitation. Never mind. No. <laughs> Peter Wetback. Stop. Hey, Hefe. That was my like stone Peter Parker. Like, ah. Listen, bro, man. I just, I just think. Oh, James Franco's not playing him. <laughs> I was like, I'm like Cheech and Chong. We're not playing Peter Parker. Um, but you know, and I'm sure the writer in their mind, they were just going, well, because. He's so anxious for the blood because he's dying. He's just throwing things out. I get that that's what they wanted us to feel. Right. But again, it was such a fast changeover in personality that it just it just seemed like, like you said, you're just making crazy leaps in logic and it wasn't working for it, me. It didn't feel know? like it was working at all. Yeah. Um, and going back for a second, because, you know, we talked about um, Green Goblin, but we didn't get to talk about. Electro's transformation. Oh no! I was about, just about to say we should also talk about Electro. Oh my god! You know, um, how did you guys feel about um, Max Dillon becoming from Max Dillon um, scientist to Electro? Well, he wasn't a scientist. He was an engineer. Yeah, he was an electrical engineer. Um, but he and he was a freak, and I mean, him being a freak was fine. I mean, you know, people are freaky. It doesn't doesn't mean you're not smart or whatever. People are freaky. People are freaky. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you don't have pictures of Spider Man all over your apartment and have. Well, conversations not, where you do both halves of the conversations. Well, I don't have the and pictures buy up. yourself birthday cakes. I don't buy. I don't have those pictures up when you guys are coming over. Mike <laughs> <laughs> takes them down quick. <laughs> like fast. Oh, by the way, speaking of before we even get into his transformation, did everyone notice the birthday cake? Well, what is the something? white cake with green frosting and green lightning bolt? I mean, yellow lightning bolts down the side. Oh, okay. Yeah, the old. Electro. It was his old costume. Oh shit! I was just like, oh, that's cute and tacky all the it's time. The, it's the one Easter egg I missed. Yeah. Damn! <laughs> it was, I was just like, oh. Well, you want to talk about Easter eggs? How about the Stan Lee Easter egg when uh, when uh, Peter Parker's he's just finished taking care of that little truck incident and he's rushing back to the graduation and he still has the mask. He does the quick change through the, in between the stuff and has the mask on and you see Stan Lee. Hey, I know that guy. <laughs> that was actually kind of cute. I love Stan. Good old Stan. He can do whatever he wants to. <laughs> I'm just wondering if Stan would have been happy with the way they turned Electro into Electro. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, you know, well, I mean, did, did I know I, because I know I had commented to the cap and I think even Ralph at some point about it because I, you know, when we saw the original trailer, but I don't know if I had said it on the I don't the know podcast, if it was on the podcast, but, but, but say, I had but said we said. when I saw, when it, you saw the clips of the original trailer, which was very short and, and you know, very snippy, and it, you just saw, you saw who, um, J- um, Jamie Foxx falling somewhere and you saw a tank of electric eels. 
And I'm just like, oh, please don't tell me they're telling me he gets his powers from uh, falling into a tank of electric eels and getting bitten like they bit the spider. Yeah. And lo and behold, that's what happens. Well, <laughs> You're like genetically modified. Electric but, but, eels. but see, the thing is, though, unlike with the spider where you get the whole nine yards about it, you don't know. They're just a bunch of electric eels yeah, that go, don't seem to go. like anyone. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also the mixture of whatever was in that pipe that fell with him. Um, yeah. I mean, but again, they don't. That's the whole thing. They don't tell us anything like at least with peter you get the we experiment on this or or like at least tell us later on when uh oscor sees the the incident happen go he fell into our tank of of, of genetically altered you know electric eels or how about something well what did you think about his resurrection because you know at after that happens you think uh he's just like in like a char charcoal covering and they assume that he's dead he's about right. to be cremated well, I, I think that their doctors all should be fired and, <laughs> they, and their doctorates checked out. <laughs> we can't tell if something's alive or or pulsing off a huge amount of electricity. Well, I mean, you know, I'm sure he probably had like an inch thick of, you know. Well, I've never seen Jamie Foxx without clothes on. I, so, I don't, so I don't know. I, I don't know. Oh I'll leave God. that to you, Ralph. <laughs> you, you, get back to us at the next podcast. And, and Ralph's next mission. <laughs> Hey, Mr. Fox, I just need to see if you have an inch thick. (laughs) (laughs) Come inside of my tank. I'll show you everything. (laughs) Honk, honk. Hey, who's that with the tank? Hey, Mr. Fox. (laughs) We should get Ralph a tank for his birthday. (laughs) Oh, that would be awesome. I told you, we will. We'll get him a tank. Top. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, I mean, I... I, I, uh, To answer your question, I liked... The, the transformation because like the whole cocoon thing I just don't feel it's appropriate for Electro I, I liked it visually yeah visually I you know I thought he looked great yeah I mean, well he looked better as it went on like as the electricity was showing more and more through his skin at first it looks a little bit not cheesy per se but getting close to cheesy but then it looks good I think really fast what he says like learning how to absorb the energy right you know? yeah. what do you think about the the space age suit that he wears in afterwards um with the I, lightning bolt I mean it was cute I don't know where they found the lightning bolt that cute fast. Did you just call a suit cute? It was cute. I mean, it just because it, it wasn't terrifying. Like at no point he like if you if he walked into a biker bar wearing that, they'd be like, "Yes, are you looking for the ballet?" <laughs> like it's just it's it's a it's a nice suit, but it's it's not threatening. You know, you know, you know the scene where uh, when he like he disappears into the outlet. Mm-hmm. Right. All I heard in my head was, "Beat me up, Scotty." <laughs> I just hear I just hear the old Spider Man and his amazing friends song in the background when um, Video Man and oh, Video Man. Doing oh my god, that's horrible. Um, you know, I, you know, I thought that. Uh, wait, wait, how about the Doctor Manhattan scene when he gets free and he yeah. just, he's like with his hands uh, open across his chest and he's just like floating in the air. Yeah, I, I thought I'm that. Like, yeah, that was I'm a little. Like, I mean, watch interesting. Me? What? Yeah, I was like, you know, we've seen that before. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like I said, I mean, I enjoyed Electro at those scenes, but I did think that, uh, I mean, granted that the whole thing about Electro is he is a very one note character, even in the comics, but he really felt like a one note character in this movie. Like, like they added, yeah, they absolutely added nothing to him. Um, you know, and considering that villain wise, he was our primary villain, you know, and he's also our most colorful at that point villain too. So, you know, it wasn't like, because again, uh, just for anyone out there, I mean, obviously we've warned you about spoilers and whatever. Uh, so, you know, you're listening, and this is not a huge spoiler, but it's just that you don't, you're not getting 50-50 Electro and Goblin. I mean, Harry's in it, but he's not Goblin for quite a while. Right. So, you know, when you're talking about our, our quote-unquote main villain, as, as far as a visually obvious villain, it was Electro. And in that, you said, like we said, you know, he off, they offered us nothing extra. You didn't get any more insight. And in fact, I really felt that they 
channel their inner Joel Schumacher. I'm sorry. That, I, between the acting, the characterization, and everything they did with Electro, he felt like a combination of Jim Carrey's Riddler and Arnold Schwarzenegger's um, wow. Captain Cold. He really did. I mean, Mr. Freeze, because it, 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 it was very hokey. Like in other words, it was his, very, it was very not camp, but it was very well, like. But it was all, it was, it was basically oh, yeah. two camp. I mean, that's why I started off early with Jamie Foxx's. He wasn't. I, he wasn't able to convince me that he was this emotionally disturbed, uh, geekish kind of guy. You know what I mean? He. It came off like camp. It came off like right. nice big Joel Schumacher camp, and then to fall into a tank of eels. I'm just waiting for like the Riddler after this, you know, or something like that. It was just so over the top. That I was very surprised with their their choice. Well, at least it wasn't you know a vat of acid that bleached his skin and then he somehow turned psychotic. But think about it, he fell into a vat of, of electricity. It changed his skin and well, he, he became psychotic. Well, he was already psychotic. Well, he was disturbed. He just went way overboard. <laughs> well, he started you, hearing the voices. He lied to you. He cheated you. He lied to you. Did you leave the oven on? Uh, <laughs> did, did, um. It's funny you talk about suspending belief. You know, just maybe you know what you where I had to suspend my belief when Harry Osborne. When it said amazing, in, no. <laughs> when Harry Osborne walks into Ravencroft. Oh my God! Oh, don't even. <laughs> <laughs> There's a scene where Harry Harry walks in and he wants to free the uh, he wants to free Electro. Um, so he walks into Ravencroft and he takes out the two guards. I'm like, what? okay, twenty year old by the way. Um, boarding school, school educated, yeah, yeah. spoon border boarding school educated kid took out two train guards armed. You know, well, fucking in his defense, Harry, Harry Osborne oh, here's identity. His defense. Here's his defense. I Listen, can't wait to hear in this. In his defense, he did grab the taser by and surprise one of them, and then because the taser's not the in a holster. Because huh? the taser's not in a holster with a clip over it? No, it didn't have a clip over it. That's dumb. Well, security. Well, that's just dumb. And also the fact that security should have reacted. I mean, it was just one of those scenes where you're just like, I don't believe this at all. I rolled my eyes so hard, I knocked over two people in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would just say for that scene, I don't want to make too much of a point of it. Just it felt unbelievable. And the fact that I felt like if it was more like if he fought the guards, there was a struggle and maybe he came out on top by luck. That I could believe, right. but the fact that he was like and karate chop and back kick and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh yeah, I think at one point I even heard him go ha kasaki ha. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say what I just said earlier. <laughs> it became Harry Osborne identity. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? It's like you learn how to fight like that, really? Well, he did go to a boarding school. Who knows what those kids oh, learned over there? Yeah, please. They were, they, they were doing some exercises, but it wasn't that kind of exercise. <laughs> Well, they're young. They were experimenting. <laughs> Don't make fun of it. <laughs> Maybe he was boarding school with the League of Assassins. Uh, <laughs> we don't know where he was sent. Could you Shit. imagine that school? If you don't finish this lesson right now, you're going to be walking home on a glass on a floor filled with glass shards, barefoot. <laughs> no. Oh, it sounds like Daddy on a drunk Friday night. Well, it's funny. I was going to say. I was going to say yeah, the school Harry went to was more like if you don't finish this lesson. You, we will call your daddy and take away your your, your trust fund. No! <laughs> if you don't finish this lesson, we will pay for someone to do it for you. How do you like that? <laughs> <laughs> then you'll never learn anything, and you'll be useless on your own. Oh, guys, you'll be useless as the CEO of your father's company. <laughs> guys, by the way, does Sony have to throw every... Uh, just, just a quick tidbit before I keep going to the main part of the story. Does Sony have to throw their fucking cock in everybody's face? Why? I, I like the Sony um, shoelaces and the Sony Apple and the Sony hairstyle. It went from the computer to the Times Square monitors, even the shitty MP3 player. I'm like, that's see now it's unbelievable. Who would have a fucking shitty MP3 player like that? <laughs> you would have an iPhone or maybe you. Know, who has a Zune? Who has any of that other stuff? Nobody. Oh, Microsoft wasn't making that one. Thank God. Oh, thank God. That's All our that. fear of Microsoft making a movie. 
Oh, <laughs> all the headphones, even the headphones that went in the scene where Peter, yeah, went down, yeah. oh everything. Sony was putting their cock in your face and was like, "Take it, take it." I'm like, "Okay, we get it, we get it." If it's you, not a Marvel. If you movie. think about it, the only the only thing that wasn't Sony was the old timey uh, CRT monitor that Peter runs into. That was the only thing that couldn't be Sony because it wasn't it didn't exist back then. You know? Right. You sure? Maybe it was an anagram. It probably had like something that said Yoni or something like that. Yoni. Why Nose? Why Nose? Yeah. <laughs> Sony backwards. All right. So back to the real story. <laughs> how did you feel about Harry's transformation? We talked about um, Electro's transformation, how we feel like, you know, it was whatever. How did you feel about Harry's transformation, which happened later, later on in the film? Oh, wait, I have a sneeze. At- Bullshit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so much better now. <laughs> Elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> Big bullshit. Um, it it just was. It, you know, it's just one of these deals of uh, you know, I'll inject myself with this, and in one, two, three, change. <laughs> you know, I'm like, and wow. scene. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it, it just it was way too much, too fast, and too much. I didn't care, and that was what I was getting a problem. It was everything in the movie was moving along so fast that I was starting not to care. You know, because you it was just. It was like now I'm going through the motions. You know what I'm saying? It, it it's like it's like you know at that orgy. By the time you get to the tenth person, you know what I'm saying? Like you're just kind of lost. Like, Mike, I don't know what that's about at all. You know what I'm saying? You get to the tenth person, you're just like it's not exciting, it's not interesting, and fine, we'll get done with this. I get it out of my face. Uh. Now we know you've been to a lot of orgies. <laughs> my biggest thing with that whole scene was like you know during that that part, he's on the floor like writhing in pain. You know barely pulling himself over to the suit how the fuck does he manage to get into it and with a certain a sudden burst of adrenaline oh i feel good now <laughs> well that's the thing too um it just cut scene and i'm like that's cheap you cut scene with re- weird things it's just cheap was there know? like a it's like uh, you imagine one of the deleted scenes is like him on a winch you know like one of those like things that they use to get people off the hospital beds <laughs> he's pulling himself up and and just to explain for the audience, just to give them a little bit of what, what they were talking about, the transformation. Um, one thing that we that we talked about earlier was that Osborne wanted Spider-Man's blood. Now, the reasoning or his rationale was that something in the blood, because um, they did all these um They created human-spider hybrids. Right. So this way he Which figured, will keep a reason as to why uh, that may not work. Right. So. <laughs> right. So just the fact of Harry saying, oh, well, maybe if I can take that blood, it could heal me. The right. venom. Yeah, you know. If I well, he wanted, he wanted uh, Spider-Man's blood. blood. He well, thought because it, yeah. it had the venom within it. Because the venom was the key, right? Or just it was from the spider's bite. So yeah, you know. Yeah, but he just so, thought like so, you know that would. So, but but that was the other thing too. It wasn't just also his idea, but it was just like uh, no point has anyone said that Spider-Man self heals, right? Like you know, Spider-Man. It's not like the Superman one movie where he gave he gives an interview, <laughs> like oh I can do this, I can do. It's like. Well, no one said he could self heal, Harry. You're just kind of making that up. <laughs> it really, I mean, he just goes. Spider Man's blood will help because it self heals, or maybe it doesn't. <laughs> I did kind of like when Andrew Garfield is listening to him. He's like, "What?" Yeah. It, it, it doesn't not too much disbelief, but enough to be like, "What are you talking about? I don't think you know." <laughs> are you making that? Who wrote this? <laughs> Cut. Who wrote this shit? <laughs> right. But also, what I, what I love though, um, leading back to what we were saying, uh, what Ralph was saying about him crawling to the suit. Now, we had already established in the movie that Osborne had made this military suit. That's what, yeah. It didn't mention that they made a military glider. That happens to look like a bat, and we don't know why you would. Um, but also, by the time he ends up in the suit, and again, it was just it was all a bundle of things because it's not like in the um, the uh, uh, who's the uh, the director of the uh, Tobey Maguire's. 
Um, Sam, Sam Raimi. It's not like the Sam Raimi films where Norman himself has built these suits. Now, granted, I still don't know why you made a suit that looks like a goblin. I still don't know why you made a bat plane. But he was crazy with the goblin suit juice by that point. So that's just an insane mind. Right. This is for military applications that, that, that the Norman Osborn made these things right. and his people. So I'm like... Well, because the, the goblin suit looked nice, I thought it looked nice. Well, I mean, it, it wasn't. I mean, I'm not saying it's my ideal version. I just thought it looked nice as okay. a suit. Okay, I, I, um, I agree with that. The whole thing with the suit, it was it's a battle-ready armor suit with healing uh, capabilities. So it's vague to, healing capabilities. So it's supposed <laughs> to help the wearer in the war um, heal any injuries that they sustain and also uh, and enhance their strength and whatever. Right, which of course. Harry hadn't sustained any injuries. His was all internal and chemical, so that made no sense with why this was helping him in the least. But, but again, I'm not yeah. talking about that part of it. I'm saying that I thought the suit visually looked nice. Yeah. Um, again, it's not it's not a goblin suit. I just think as a suit, like if it was non-goblin, it was just a very nice suit. If I thought you it was got rid well of done. Harry's head, right? That's what I'm saying. Better. If it was non-goblin, it was just a very nice. Because Gary, I mean Gary, Harry's head was just like well, it blew up. I mean, they just made it very much more disfigured. But what what I'm talking about though is that it's. And first, and also, it was weird that it was already in the glider, which also made no yeah, sense. Yeah, it was already I'm attached like, to the glider. Can you get out of the glider? Because this just seems connected. But it's just that, like I said, the suit was nice, and it looked like something that you know, especially for a superhero movie, if the military was going to use something, it looked high tech. It looked nice. Yeah. It looked like I can see a man walking in this, and it would look really sharp. But a bat-shaped glider wing at some point had to just seemed odd. And then, and of course, it is, it is the Green Goblin. But again, you have to remember, this was not designed to be the Green Goblin right. as in the first movie, you know, the first uh, Sam Raimi movie. This was something made for the military. So it had orange pumpkin bombs yeah, that, and that, bat-shaped cleaving knives. And I'm like... What the hell was Norman Osborn designing? <laughs> well, everybody knows that the basic, the most aerodynamic design is a bat shape for your weapons. Everybody knows that. <laughs> yes, except for the streamlined knife <laughs> that throwing that throwing people have been using for years. No, no, the bat shape design is more aerodynamic than the smooth. You know. You know who says that? <laughs> Batman. <laughs> He's the only one that says that because I am Batman. <laughs> Without giving away the ending. You mean the the ending credits? No. Oh. Without giving away the climax, how did you feel about yeah. where they uh, Hey, look at you. Yeah, climax. climax. Hit the bell. It just Hit the bell for yourself. It, ju- so. it, it just puddled in my belly button. Wow. <laughs> what? Oh, sorry. <laughs> that sounds like a game every guy's played. <laughs> there we go. Um, how did you guys feel about the zenith of the movie? Where, you know, where it all Zena was in it? Zenith. <laughs> I hated Xena. Um, I love Xena. You've, you've got problems. Well, Zenith, the TV company? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Climax Zenith. The highest point of the movie where things the started. The Acme? Wiley Coyote? <laughs> <laughs> we, we were dropping my earphones on the time. I'm going to grab a piece of pizza. <laughs> no, nah, but seriously, what did you guys think of, of where the movie ended up the last 20 minutes? Because that climax was about 20 minutes, right? No. <laughs> but yes, I mean, it really was about 20 minutes. Um, Spider-Man dealing with things, and you know, and I won't get away. I mean, obviously, it's a hero yeah, we're story. We're, so, I mean, we're, we're trying to walk. Right, we won't give him, is, yeah. But Spider-Man dealing with with one villain was at the exact two-hour mark of the movie. Now, remember, I said it again. This movie is two hour and twenty-two minutes long. Now, turns out, as we found out later, there were eight minutes worth of credits, including a little, a very brief kind of little after credity thing. But there was eight minutes worth of credits that we talked about last. Did we talk about that last week? The after credit thing? Oh, you're talking about the other after credit Right, thing. right. Yeah. No, I mean, which is any of it. I mean, but yeah, the, the little um, stinger with the X-Men thing. I mean, you know, including yeah. that, we had eight minutes. So let's do some quick math here. Two hours, they've gotten rid of one villain, and he's not even fought or met this other villain. He has 22 minutes left. 
eight minutes of which we found out later are going to be credits and Stinger. So that leaves 14 minutes to deal with another villain and finish off the rest of the story. Not a good amount yeah. of time <laughs> at all, people. Mm-mm. And none of the, um, I didn't feel that any of the villain ending climaxes were worth my time. I mean, you know, spectacular here or there. Um, again, I'm not talking about scenes around them. I'm talking about the actual dealing with the villains. I just felt that that was not worth my time at all. I mean, I, I know that for me, it seems like they left it open for Electro to still be around. Right. Um, you and know, for everybody, really. You yeah. know, it's not, you know, I mean, but what I'll say is how they ended off Electro. Um, I mean, I, I thought it was exciting. I, I liked the way it moved. I mean, visually, it was beautiful. Yeah, again, the visuals I liked. You yeah, know. and the way Spider-Man, and especially the way Spider-Man moved around, like he moved around the building and kind of, like he didn't swing around. He'd like jump off the building, then jump again to swing right. to cut his corners. I'm like, yeah, that's the way he would work. It, right. look, it looked great. Um, I didn't have a problem with Electro, but the very, very end, I was kind of surprised. I was kind of surprised on how they dealt with Harry and, and everything else, right. you know, toward the end. I was like, wow, they went there. Yeah. It's like uh, the ending, like, even though I had like an, an inkling of what might happen, seeing what happens, you know. Right. Yeah. And, and when you're a reader, you know, you watch all these stories come together and you're like, okay, well, you know, I can see where this is going and where they went. Sometimes you're like, oh, wow. I, I, I remember just sitting there in the theater and just being like, okay, this is where they went. And, and I felt like the movie kind of changed moods for like five minutes. Yeah. Well, it did. I mean, it just drastically changed. And then, you know, you get a little bit of ending uh, with once again we finally do see um, we do finally get the rhino I was wondering when the rhino was going to come back yeah I kept hope well because again I I had said this from when we got a little bit longer versions and you kept seeing the metal rhino I'm like I hope that that's a prototype to us getting a person as the rhino which is what it should be and unfortunately we had the metal rhino and I I I mean I thought on a visual level as in I I think it's a stupid thing that you would have put someone in to do a fight because again this was made for the military so I don't know why you made a suit that looks like a rhinoceros for the military but Evidently, Norman Osborn just had animals, and it was Halloween. Evidently, when he invented everything, you know, it's a special project. It was, it was very special. <laughs> <laughs> it was special bus. Um, With no, blue but, parking. But, but I mean, like you know, like to say that, like on, on a design level, it looked kind of cool, just on a design level, not on a functionality level okay, or in military yeah. uses. But when the Rhino starts running on all four. Yeah. And you have to remember now, in the pre- and this is nothing that you don't see in the previews. In fact, you see both parts in the previews. Um, uh, anyhow, in the trailers. So when the rhino is up front, you see Paul Giamatti is is standing. When he's standing upright, right. he's upright in the suit. There's nowhere for him to go. His the head way, is basically where a rhino's chest would be. Right, yeah. and he's upright. He's standing so that when the rhino's upright, his legs would be where the rhino's legs are. Even though he's in the middle of this big suit, the suit's bigger than his body. His arms though are where the arms would be. So now think. In order for the rhinoceros suit to now be on all fours and run like an animal, Paul Giamatti's face is facing the street, literally, because he can't tilt his head up, we you know, to see what he's doing. And I'm like, you wouldn't design a military battle suit like this because he can't see what he's looking at. Right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you, you can. The, the way you fix that is that you have a HUD inside. But that would be it. insane. <laughs> you know, like, like, it, like in those, it, yeah, it's possible. But then if anything damages the outside sensors, you know, like you, you've just you're basically, flying blind. Yeah, you've just basically put your troop in the worst position possible to well, be fighting somebody. That's the whole point. The thing is pretty much it's an armored, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your defense of that bad military design is not working. <laughs> I would have, re- I would have given it's him a, a tank. God, I would have just given him a tank, <laughs> right? You know, it's um, a tank 2.0. Well, I mean, I, I like, I mean, I like, uh, I agree with, I like the way it looked. I didn't like the villain. I, I mean, I, I was very happy that if you're going to play the villain like that, I'm glad it was short. Mm hmm. 
you know, I'm glad it was just like, okay, I agree if you're going to play, if you're going to play Paul Giamatti as the rhino and he's going to be like a, a stereotypical kind of like, you know, I'm a thug and I'm a Russian thug. Yeah. Let's keep it. You 10 minutes airtime. You know who had more airtime than him? Fucking Jordan? Dennis Leary. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Leary was everywhere. He has that Russell Crowe con- um, contract. I, I'm going to show up every five minutes. <laughs> Do we give you a line? No, no. no. I don't need to speak. <laughs> My eyes say it all. Yo, it felt like rescue me. It was like, what the fuck? <laughs> he was just there looking. I know that Madonna song was good. Deeply, oh. deeply into Peter's eyes. And he said, get the fuck off my daughter. <laughs> Is that the way you would go about it? Yeah, if I wanted to intimidate somebody. There are no tanks You mean in from the dead? No, because there are no tanks in heaven. That's why. <laughs> I'd blast them, but I can't. So I'm here talking to you. Who said there's no tanks in heaven? Come hey. on. <laughs> Who do you think invented it? Come on, that was God. Oh, boy. Oh, there we go. Let's not go religious with it. <laughs> but um, I, I mean, like I said, I, I, I liked Emma, um, Emma Stone. I did. I liked her. I liked her as Gwen. I thought she was very good. She managed to do something in... Actually, she did it in the first one, but I would definitely say it culminated with this one in the second film. She managed to do in two films what Kirsten did not do in three and could never do at all was look make good? the character interesting. Oh, well, besides interesting. look good. Um, but she just made it interesting. I mean, and obviously that's the writer. I mean, I'm not blaming Kirsten for that. I'll blame her for everything else. Uh, but um, but no, I mean, I thought that they did a good job with Gwen Stacy, and I thought Emma herself did a good job being Gwen Stacy. Yeah. I mean, I because, you know, we, we've talked about this before. I mean, Gwen... She was never that major of a part in the comics, and especially when you realize she died so early on in the Spider-Man history, right. um, and that we really only see her in either flashbacks or people telling us about her as she's being cloned in the regular comic book world. <laughs> um, so you don't get like you don't have like a really base to go. You did a good Gwen Stacy. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. It's not like you know like like in other words, Lois Lane is so prominent in the comics. You can do a good or bad Lois Lane because we all have an idea what Lois Lane should be like. Gwen, yeah. you don't really. And for having a character that you don't really know what she should be like, I felt that she should have been just like Emma Sand. I mean Emma Stone. Yeah, like Emma I thought Stone you know, a great like, job, like yeah. now for me instead of putting the comic version onto the person and going, you did a good job. I'm putting her onto the comic book version whenever I read a Gwen Stacy. Yeah, not, now you're yeah. like, okay, I can imagine Emma Stone doing exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. yeah I, I, I thought she did a good job and she was a good Gwen. Another thing I, I enjoyed is the little hokey little things they've done to show Spider-Man as the people's you know, hero, like him with the kid who was being bullied. The and first it, time with the kid. Not, <laughs> not the last time. Uh, the first time. <laughs> the first time. It, it, it kind of, it, the, the geek in me oh, shed, that was great. The geek in me, the geek in me shed a tear because it was like, you know, oh. this kid's getting beat up and all of a sudden he's like, hey, that's pretty cool. And the kid's like, yeah. Like, it's almost like it's, you should be proud of it. Uh, let's just preface that. You were like, the kid's getting beat up and Spider-Man's like, hey, that's pretty cool. <laughs> the kid <laughs> was always getting, getting beat up. <laughs> Spider-Man comes in and saves him from bullies by just standing there and scaring the crap out of these kids. Yeah. These, by the way, these kids are like six to seven years old, you know, somewhere <laughs> in that range. Yeah. And then Spider-Man talks to the kid because the the, the bullies had broken his science, science project. Yeah. And he's just the way he tells him, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. You made this turbine engine yourself? Yeah. And he fixed it. I was like, that made yeah. me feel good, but and it wasn't like because Tobey Maguire had those moments too, and it didn't feel the same. No, it, it didn't. I mean, um, I think uh, there's something about the the. It's just again, it's a different acting take. It's just I, I I prefer the take that Andrew Garfield, and also it's just his natural personality. Like Tobey Maguire always, even as Spider Man, he sounds nerdier, and not that Tobey Maguire sounds manly as Spider Man. He just. I think he has a natural rebellious edge to him. Oh, Gar- Garfield. Garfield. Yeah. I think he has a natural rebellious edge. You know, I mean, some people do, some people don't, and the Hobie McGuire doesn't have that. But um, and it's not like he needs to be threatening. It's just, it just, he sounds kind of like a little bit more of an upset youth. Yeah. You know. Um. But actually, more so than um that part of the scene you were describing, what made my heart um give a sigh of relief was uh it was it wasn't just when uh, Spider Man helped fix his uh, science project. It was when he uh, he was like, let me walk you home. 
And yeah. that that part was just so touching. That it was. I it did made like you remember that. why as why you read these things as kids. It's Absolutely. like because you wanted to not only help save the world, but you wanted to meet these people that yep. were heroes. That's right. You know. Um, See. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. That could only work with Spider Man because like if someone like Batman, you know, does. Let me that, take you home, kid. Yeah. He gets put on a list. <laughs> oh, he is all oh, over that list. Oh, he, oh. he gets put on a list, and then the whole the signs posted up. Watch out for this guy. Have you seen this man? Hangs out with little kids. Amber alert. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, just leading back to what I was saying about how, you know, um, you know, like it, that the hero is a hero and he wasn't a menace. I, and I know I mentioned this uh, after the movie there. I just want to bring it up. I, they tried the whole J. Jonah Jameson menace thing. And there was like a good three to four minute like uh, montage where, you know, you see Spider-Man. I mean, and he does nothing but do good. Like he's swinging into buildings. He's safe. He doesn't ever do a misstep. But you hear like a J. Jonah Jameson voice like, you know, we've got to do something about these vigilantes. Vigilantes, are they good for us or not? Is Spider-Man a menace or a hero? And it's like, you know, you got no sense of why this was happening. Like, right. they were just doing the comic book thing, like, kind of like you said earlier, because Spider-Man's always called a menace by J. Jonah Jameson. But it's like, okay, if you saw me, if, if you showed me that Spider-Man tried to save someone out of a burning building, now, of course, they still lived, but um, it made another building catch fire. Right. Because of what he did. Or, you know what I mean? Or he tried to save someone and it interrupted the fire department from doing their job. Right. But he did nothing but every hero act. And you're like, well, I'm not seeing where he ever was a menace. You right. Know? So it, it was just an odd it thing. It was them trying to force the comic book aspect of James Jonah yeah. Jameson, but without having the actual J. Jonah Jameson there. Well, well, no, no, well not the, having the, the, only the, the proof in the actions. Right. Like, you know, if Spider-Man would have fucked up here and there, you know, they would be like, oh, man, you know, you know, he's still a menace because he's not, he's, you know, wherever you want to say it, but he was doing everything right in that whole montage. And then, oh, you know, vigilanteism, it's, you know, is Spider-Man a menace? It's like, it didn't fit. Right. Even though I understand they were trying to show. But did you notice that there was no T. Jonah Jameson in the movie? No. Oh, yeah, he wasn't there. I, well, they, at least they mentioned just, him. Just, I was, I was just, happy about that. Just that one email where Peter's uh, <laughs> sending him a picture of Spider-Man. He's like, here's the latest picture of Spider-Man. You know, maybe you can realize that he's actually doing some good. And he sends him, <laughs> and sends him the picture, and then he gets a quick response with the subject title, Wrong and all caps. I thought that was really. Oh cool. no, I thought it was very funny. I thought that was, and it was very appropriate because that would be Jonah. He's not going to give a, you know, no, I don't think so. Just, wrong. <laughs> Your opinion, wrong. <laughs> was there anything else that you guys want to mention before we go into ratings? Um, uh, just a little interesting uh, part. It's not anything. It's actually nothing that was in the movie at all. But um, I had, was reading something. I found out that uh, scenes with actress Shailene Woodley, who was to, um, who was to be Mary Jane Watson. They actually had been shot. They had shot a few Stop. scenes. But uh, the director or the writer, I guess probably the director, they uh, deleted all of them because they wanted to streamline the Peter and Gwen storyline. It was just interesting. Oh, wow. So they already have, I don't know if it'll be, and again, I don't know if we'll ever get to or whatever, but they already have a Mary Jane Watson lined up. Wow. And she was going to be in the movie. And, they, and I had read that a couple of the scenes were that like you would see, um, like, uh, P, uh, Peter and her would be, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, the two of them would be talking like across the uh, the fence or something like that in the backyard. And oh, you'd so see her, but they would just be talking. Oh, like, so they show that she's in the same neighborhood, yeah, right? Right, okay. exactly. But you've not I, introduced the character. Yeah, but I think, I mean, I mean, especially with the way this pacing of the movie was, it would have yeah, complicated. It would have, it would have complicated. I'm glad they actually left that part out. Yeah. But anything, uh, anything you want to add, Sir Ralph? Um, Sir Tank? Sir Tank. Sir Spoiler? <laughs> Senor Pirate? Are amazing, <laughs> but well, I did want to say that um something because we didn't really touch on a lot. I mean, I did feel that when there was action, it was very solid. I, I enjoyed the action. I thought it was very enjoyable. I didn't find it overly heroic though. Like I don't have any 
oh my god memory from this you know movie you know what i mean you know what i'm saying like i like it was enjoyable but it was it was just kind of like cotton candy. It was sweet, and then it was gone. Like it was just kind okay. of nice. And, I mean, I can, I can see that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like a, you don't get the feeling of like the the Superman moment that like he catches Lois Lane in the helicopter in the first. You know, you don't get like that ah, and or that's the hero I wanted kind of. But a you feel, know what? No, you know? when he was in Times Square, I kind of felt that way. Did you? In Times Square, I, 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 felt, I felt like you know he was he was really trying to save everybody, especially the scene with the staircase and how he did that. That was, that was cool. cool. I mean, it was cool. It was cool. I mean, now do I, do I kind of believe it? I'm not sure if I believe it. Right. But it, but it was still it was still kind of cool how that was done and you know did what? you notice that little mix up there the scene where um a little spoiler when he fights electro his web shooters don't work because they short out the moment his web touches electro right. so one of his web shooters gets damaged right mm-hmm. the whole scene with the staircase if you notice closely right he shoots a web with the broken web with the hand that supposedly has a broken web shooter Ah, to stop the person from touching. So it's, oh, okay. it's a quick thing. You don't really, you don't notice it too quick, though. But it's like, how did you notice? You only saw it once, huh? How did you notice? Oh, I can tell you how he noticed. It. There were no boobs showing. <laughs> not, not a one. He, actually, had a, he had a clear line of sight. Actually, the reason I noticed was because there were boobs, and my mind slowed it down really quick. Like, <laughs> As it bounced slowly in his head, he's like, "Wow, moving boobs! Wait, a line of webbing." And, yeah. and the saddest part is, see, I had to sit between the cap and Ralph, so you know, cap couldn't hear the like. But uh, every time Aunt May was on screen, Ralph was like, show me some cleavage. Show <laughs> Come on, Sally Field. Show me that cleavage. I still like her as Aunt May. <laughs> oh, I like Sally Field as Aunt May. Not, a, not, not that thought of Ralph, but, you know. You know, I like her as Aunt May, but, I mean, only because she was saccharine sweet. I loved whoever the actress was that played Aunt May in the Sam Raimi movies. Because she was saccharine sweet. I mean, she was just the sweetest old woman you'd ever want to meet. But I do like Sally Field. Yeah. What were you going to oh, say? The, well, at the end of the movie, it got really horny. Really? Yeah. The music. It was, it was a lot of horns in the music. Oh, good. Oh, good. It's his own joke. He doesn't even press the button. <laughs> he knew it didn't deserve it. Did I cut you off, Mike? I'm sorry. Nope. Okay. So, ratings. What are we rating the movie? Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, Usually I'm, you ask one of us. Okay, I'll go first because that was my, my error. I'm going to give it three and a half. Kids f- going under the um, the metal. Bent <laughs> failed. Yeah, okay, try again. <laughs> what do you call that? The, I don't know. The, the, the metal thing that was around them. That, that's another thing. What, the metal they, thing that was around who? The, the, anytime that there was a fight between two villains. The metal railing kept the, oh, the, the, oh, the police, um, the police barricades. barricades yeah. The police barricades kept coming up, and I'm like, are the cops like ready for these fights? Like a main event? Like, oh and, shoot! And now well, in you know, this corner, well, all, the co- all the cops are in the high school cafeteria, and you know how fast the fight news spreads there. It's a fight! <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'll, my rating is three and a half. Kids crawling under the barricade to see the rhino out of five. I yeah. felt like it was a good enough movie to enjoy. I felt like it. it um, um, there are problems with the plot, even if you're somebody who's not a Spider-Man fan. But it was a lot better than the first one. And I felt like, you know, even though you're right, there are things where it slows up. It was a lot more enjoyable. It was a lot more fun. Okay. Ralph? Hmm. I know you're waiting for those six claws. Fuck yeah. But uh, no six claws today. I'm wow. giving it seven claws out of seven. <laughs> <laughs> I give it a seven tanks that were not in the movie out of ten. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So basically, you actually you both liked it the same. 
Yeah, but pretty much. Pretty much. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yours is three and a half out of five. Multiply it by two, I, we I get did, seven I, out of ten. I did the math, <laughs> finance guy. I did the math. But you're like, pretty much. I'm like, no, that's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's my way of saying smarty pants. Go with your answer. <laughs> so what uh, was your rating, sir? I gave it a five. The Sinister Six movie better have a different writer and director out of ten. <laughs> okay, I thought so. it was just down the middle. I mean, again, I, I enjoyed it. I thought about giving it a six, and I'm like, it just wasn't fresh enough. So I, I, I think it's just right down the middle. I mean, there's just there's going to definitely be people that are going to love it. In fact, I was in line with a bunch of them this morning <laughs> waiting for the free comic book <laughs> with people that I know are going to love it. So, um, <laughs> the things that they were telling me they We need to talk already. about that after the break. Please remember, after the break, we gotta, I, before we go into our next oh, okay. segment. Go ahead. But, uh, but yeah, the things that they were telling me they loved, I was like, oh, you're going to like this movie. Um, but I w- I'm very much on the fence with this one. I, I'm just... I was entertained. I, I definitely wasn't falling asleep. I, I wasn't hating the movie. I just thought it was okay. I thought it was average. I thought it was an average movie for what okay. we got. All right. So there you have it. Um, the Amazing Spider-Man sounds like it's pretty average, or at least according to the Amazing Spider-Man too. So we'll be back with more. Meanwhile, 22 pages later, after me and the panel discuss, what was that thud at the end of the movie? <laughs> Hi everyone, this is Mike the Finance Guy. You spend time listening to me, Ralph, and the Cap. Now we want to listen to you. Like us on Facebook at Meanwhile 22 Pages Later and send us your comments and enjoy our content. Also, join us on Twitter at Meanwhile22 and catch our website at Meanwhile22PagesLater.com But don't forget to download our podcast for free on iTunes and give us your review. Now, back to the show. And we're back. Ralph was rushing us because he's trying to catch the <laughs> the seven o'clock rainfall. Yeah, but we're <laughs> trying to avoid it. Avoid the rainfall. Yeah, but when he went to the bathroom, I was doing my little homespun rain dance in the bedroom. I'm like, hoo ba doo ba doo. Oh, I thought you said you. Those were the drums. All right, <laughs> <laughs> all right. But um, before we get to the second part of the show, I just wanted to ask you, Mike, what were these people talking about on when you were waiting online this morning for a free comic book day? You said oh, there's some people God. in front. You told me that, um on the line, but please tell the people at home what. Oh, what were they talking about it's just a bit you know it's again we all have our opinion theirs were wrong <laughs> but, uh. but you know but you know, it was just one of those things i mean these, these they're not young young but they were probably in their like, young yeah. they were like 19 to maybe 22 and there's the yeah, one guy with that, the yeah. light eyes he was like 28 yeah i was about to say they're somewhere in that that mid whatever 20 ranges but you know they're just got they're talking they're just like oh man you know he hasn't read it yet he goes he goes, I'm reading uh, The Blackest Night. I'm reading, no, I've read Blackest Night, but I just, I'm reading now, Brightest Day. These books are fantastic. They're great. They're like the best stories. And then he started talking about Ryan Reynolds and how he was an excellent Green Lantern and how, you know, he was even, no, he goes, he was an excellent Green Lantern, but they really need to bring him back because he, he was the best Deadpool ever. And I'm like, <laughs> and, oh and, my and, God. <laughs> how many, I, how I many Deadpools been, have there been? I, 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 I just, I couldn't have been any more quiet with a fake smile glued on my face. I'm like, well, I don't know these people. I'm just going to grin. <laughs> After Mike was mad at me for showing up, you know, I was in miscommunication. Mike was almost like happy. To, oh, my God. Somebody with some sensibility here. Oh. And I'm like, what's wrong? And he told me what they said. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, I've been trying to smile like this for about 20 minutes now. I, I was tempted to goad them on and be like, hey, how about that daredevil? Oh, best movie ever! <laughs> Yo, they were all, and it's funny because they, they were all like fanboys. And I understand when you're yeah. young and whatever's in your era, usually you yeah. kind of gravitate. Well, that's to. why so many people that are around like the mid 30s or around or the 30 to mid 30s, everyone turns to, tells me the same thing. 
Isn't this clone saga the best? Fuck no. What the hell's wrong with you? It's like the worst thing ever written. Even the people involved will tell you it's the worst wait, thing wait, ever written. The, the Spider-Man clone saga? Yeah. They said, well, I don't know what 30-year-old you speak to, not me. Oh, yeah, so many. Because especially if they started later, like not as like little kids, but if they started gotcha. in their like late high school, early college years, yeah, that was the clone saga years. And they're just like, oh, it was excellent. I'm like, oh, hell no. Oh. <laughs> and no. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I wasn't there for the beginning of the conversation because I would have been... I. I probably would have been bad cop for that role. Or maybe, I, no, 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 no. Knowing that the way that would have happened, no. if I would have gotten there, I would have been the nice guy and Mike would have been in pure Mike form. What the fuck are you younglings talking about? I don't see. There would be no bad cop or nice guy. They would have to call actual cops because a fight would ensue. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? Ryan Reynolds the greatest. Ryan Reynolds eats ass and it sucks. Next thing you know, someone says something about Batman and then Cap is like, what? <laughs> Captain America was boring. I will fuck you up. <laughs> I would have just been over there. Cap, hold my bag. Take my hoop earrings. Hold that. <laughs> hold, hold me back. Hold me back. Let me put some Vaseline on. <laughs> Where's my Vaseline? <laughs> I, I was wondering. I was like, if I was there, I wonder if, if, if we would have just both been quiet, if one of us would have said something or we would have both said something. Oh, I was doing my best. I mean, beyond just you know being nice, I mean, it's a whole Strangers, and I'm not there for an argument anyhow. I'm not. It's not a debate club, and like I said, everyone has their own opinion anyway. It's not any right or wrong as long as you're enjoying yourself. But I, I did my best, at least on my face, though, to keep away the "Oh, you're so young, you don't know any better." Look off my face. <laughs> That's the look I was trying to keep off. Not just like to say, any, not say anything. I was just trying to to keep away that condescending. I'm older than you, and I know better. Aww. <laughs> oh, you think so that's cute. you think that's the, the the best love you've ever had? Your first one, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, you thought it's gonna last forever? Oh, it's so sweet. <laughs> this is the best nut I ever nutted. <laughs> Trust me, they'll be better and they'll be worse. <laughs> Moving on to sperm that shouldn't be. <laughs> See, you like that transition, right? No, that was a horrible transition. <laughs> hey, when we're talking about Damien, <laughs> when we're talking about Damien, I think I'm, it's a appropriate so from the omen no it, well, it was bad it would have been better <laughs> well I mean, let me let's not even dog the movie yet actually um ralph press the button please for spoilers warning this segment may contain spoilers so leave ralph alone i don't think any of us are worried about not spoiling this or spoiling this because we're like uh, but, it spoiled itself well you know what we'll give it a chance so let's so let's talk about let's mention what we're going to talk about we actually got a chance to get a sneak preview of the new DC animated movie, Son of the Batman, which um, follows the story of Damien. But let me not give a synopsis before I get chopped in the throat. So with a synopsis of Son of the Batman is MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. Hakasaki ha! Chopped in the throat. <laughs> and just for, you know, just to just get on Cap's nerves, it's actually just Son of Batman. Yes. Ha! I was about to say that, but I'm like, you know what? That's why you were looking at me? Yeah. I was like, I must look younger. I was looking at me. I must look younger. I I said, you know what? Mike got this. (laughs) Mike's got it. Mike Mike was chopping the throat. I must look younger. Maybe this frilly frock is really catching his eye. Son of Batman. (laughs) Go ahead with the fucking synopsis. All right. It is loosely. And I mean a cup girl in a D cup bra loosely (laughs) based on Grant Morrison and Adam Kubert's 2006 comic book story called Batman and Son. As opposed to Sanford and Son, I suppose. Um, <laughs> you dummy! <laughs> uh, this marks the 20th DC Universe animated original movie. Uh, the direct-to-video film was released for digital download on April 22nd of this year and will be released for home media on May 6th. Uh, just a quick rundown of some of the voices. Batman is voiced again by Justice League Wars Batman uh, Jason O'Mara. Damian Wayne is by uh, Stuart Allen, who's done really nothing I know of. 
Uh, Talia Al Gould is Morena Bakarin, who is from Firefly as Inara Sarah, and on V, she was Anna, the head of the V. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Dick Grayson is Sean Mayer, and also from Firefly, another Firefly alum. He was Dr. Simon Tam. And uh, Rachel Gould, just to round out these voices, is Giancarlo Esposito. Anybody know where he's from? John, Giancarlo Esposito? No. Yeah. He's from that show. Yeah. He that was that guy, guy in that show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was with a guy, too. Um, uh, Giancarlo Esposito, he was Gustavo Gus Fring on Breaking Bad. I didn't watch it. I haven't seen that show. <laughs> Losers. I didn't watch it either. <laughs> Losers. Okay. Uh, let's get a synopsis here. Batman learns that he was date-raped by Talia al Ghul and oh. now has a 10-year-old son. I'm not exaggerating any of it. <laughs> Talia named the boy Damian Wayne and raised him along with her father, Rachel Ghul, and his League of Assassins. Talia drops off the preteen with Batman soon after her father was apparently murdered by his former man-at-arms Deathstroke. So now the dad knight tries to prevent his acne-prone progeny from taking revenge while attempting to lead his Bat-Brett along the righteous path of all the other boys he's thrown in the jaws of danger wearing only a mask and pantyhose, all with the hopes that they will truly bond as a family. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nothing says family bonding like pantyhose. Nothing (laughs) says family bonding like, hey, you're a victim of, you're a progeny of date rape. (laughs) Uh, all right, so we're going to it. Where do we begin with this one? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll begin at the date rape. <laughs> <laughs> he enjoyed it, and he admits it. Well, okay, so this is what really gets me. It's, it's, if you're wondering how does Batman have a son, that is no exaggeration. Um, when he finally runs into Talia, they're on a boat. Uh, it turns out that Damien, he doesn't know this, and he doesn't know he has a son. Damien, it's not sneaking around. Talia has him standing behind a curtain Oh, what? Seven feet from where they're talking in normal voices. And they romance between the two of them. They romanticize date rape while Damien is standing in earshot, even though, of course, Batman knows nothing of this. And here is the exact quote of case anyone thinks that I'm lying. Talia, it made you romantic. Batman, it made me what you wanted. Talia, was it all bad, beloved? Batman, no, wasn't all bad. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> you just said that she raped you. <laughs> this is the most horrible thing I've ever seen. This, no, this is in between date and regret. It sounded more like regret. No, because she, he said, you drugged me. This is not like you you just pressured me. She, he was Because she offered him a drink, and he said the last time that didn't go so well. Oh, that's right. Right. That's you right. Know? And, right. Then they, right and they even talked about it. He was date raped. There is no joke about it. Listen, Talia. <laughs> well, according to them, there is. Yeah. Well, yeah. Talia Ogul can date rape me anytime She's she wants. She's the best MILF I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's like the artist who drew her drew the Black Widow because he had the same type of body. It was the same kind of cartoonist, too, which we'll get to in a bit. Yeah. And like they were wearing the same outfit. So I was like, that's why I thought uh, it was Talia. I could not tell if it was Talia Ogul or Jessica Rabbit. It was one or the <laughs> other, you know. Especially she, in, she wasn't scene. bad. She was just drawn that the way. The scene with the boat, <laughs> she lifts her legs up. Oh, man. It, yeah, and that's also what you do while your son is seven feet away. This is all, this, it was just a very nasty beginning. Well, that wasn't the very beginning, but um, it was a nasty setup to what was coming. I just thought it was very poorly handled. Because the beginning, actually, is the whole thing. Um, at, well, the beginning um, was a fight scene. As yeah. Rachel Ghoul's um, uh, lair, and that was pretty. Oh, that was great. That, that was, was a good. great yeah. beginning. I think there was more blood in those first eight minutes than there was in the entirety of Kill Bill Volumes 1 and 2. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was a ton of blood. But in all seriousness, it, I won't say it was like war with the blood, but it was, it was close. 
It was close to the. It was, I I cause, swear cause, it was, was a lot of blood in the was, But I just I don't know. Maybe I didn't notice it in the same manner, or maybe it's because they were parademons and stuff like that. But right. this one just it was a lot of. And which again, I'm not using that as a con. I mean, I'm not you know touting that there should be violence, but. What I liked about it was it's like, okay, you've got a movie about assassins attacking and killing people. I, it makes sense that there's a lot of blood. I mean, they're all <laughs> using knives. By the way, I, I did think that, I'm like, Rachel Ghoul, you're supposed to be a really smart man. You're being done in by other ninjas that are attacking you using, well, surprising, guns. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we've now learned that guns versus sword and arrows, guns win. <laughs> <laughs> surprising. Oh, not against Raish, which made no sense when he was surrounded in a circle yeah. by people that refused to shoot him. They were from the G.I. Joe school, <laughs> yeah. of, school of shooting. Nope. Wait till the people in front of him shoot him. And then when he turns to us, then we start shooting him. Because otherwise, we could have taken him down ages ago. That works, boss. Suppressing fire. Suppressing fire. It was depressing fire. It was suppressing reality. <laughs> it was just, I'm just like watching. I'm like, even now, you know, don't make too much fun. I, I thought that as opposed to the um, Punisher and Black Widow movie that we reviewed a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I thought that the action here was far superior. I thought it, and I thought it was I not. Dull. I didn't find it repetitive like I did in the Punisher and Black Widow movie. Okay, um, I didn't think all the fight scenes looked the same. So I, I really enjoyed the the battles in this one. Yeah, I, I definitely did too. I felt like the pacing was was done well, but also once again, I mean, it was just like Punisher Black Widow. It had that um, Japanimation influence. So, you but know. it wasn't as draggy. In other words, it wasn't no. the long, uncomfortable freeze on that face for thirty minutes and go. Huh. <laughs> you know, like, like, all right, I don't know what you're thinking. I don't care anymore. Um, no, no, but I mean, but it, it had a, it definitely yeah. had a quick pace. It, it kind of moved. I won't say like Dragon Ball Z, but kind of like it was colorful. The colors were very, you know, okay. vivid. Um, and the way the, the camera angles they choose, you know, to to show the, the, the at least the first ten minutes, right? It was really good. It got me engaged really, right away. Yeah, I mean, I like to say well, because it opened with the fight too. I think that was a smart move on their point to just open up with the fight because it did mm-hmm. engage you right away into the movie. Um, because of the and with the action going on because. Anything that wasn't action for me was very, very stiltedly unmoving. Like I, I, they were all very rigid. You know, they're talking, but they're not moving. There's no swaying of a shoulder. There's no, you know, changing your footing while you're having a conversation for a few minutes with somebody. It was, it was just. It felt like um, when you're in those video games. And you have to go talk to the farmer to find out where to go next. And, and you go from walking normally to you just both stand and look at each other in a free shot like, so where is the such and such and so-and-so? It is at the so-and-so. You know, like, and that's how every conversation was, I thought. You said it, it felt like Zelda too. <laughs> Final Fantasy. It felt like Zork. And I have to type in Zork. Oh, shit. Zork. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, man. But yeah, I, I, I can see what you're talking about. I mean, it definitely had that, you know, that style when, when they were speaking. I was very surprised how they used Deathstroke. Yeah. How, how they decided to put Deathstroke in this movie. Yeah. Because in the first 10 minutes, you find out that Deathstroke is behind this um, this invasion of, of Rachel Ghoul's. You also find out that he used to work for, no, I'm sorry, trained by and, and worked under, I should say, he Rachel Ghoul. He was his second hand. Yeah. Which I'm like, his really? right, his right no. hand. Well he's, well, he's that big. He needs two hands on it. Uh. His sword. Oh, that didn't help any, did it? <laughs> Got you a bell. <laughs> and that. <laughs> he was uh, his right hand man. Oh, okay. But I, I, I just don't like when they change. There's sometimes yeah. when I know Mike and I have debated this before. Sometimes Mike is like, "Well, why don't they stick to the comic book?" And I'm like, "No, no, no, no. They, they, you know, they, they, they go loosely and they have to use create, you know, creative license." This was something they didn't have to change. They didn't have to change who oh, Deathstroke was. That's the exact same argument that I use. And oh, it's because creative they license. use it all the time. I'm just because saying because they change it for no. It's 
just like you said, there was no reason. If you told me you make a change, which I think I've argued every time I've said it, if the change made sense or was for a reason, sure, I'm good. I'm not that that you know drawn in the in the sand about this. It's like, if, I, I, you know, this is just like you know all of this movie. It was just. Remind me to go back to this to, yeah. to that argument for later on in this because there's something that you said and I was like, no, but you said the same thing about that, so right. I'll bring it back up. But um, yeah, I didn't like the, the fact that you used Deathstroke. What did, what did you think, Ralph? I mean, I don't know if you've read a lot of Deathstroke. In your time, it's like Teen Titans. <laughs> I don't. To me, Deathstroke he seemed kind of whiny, like a little bitch, like the 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 rejected son that the father doesn't love anymore, and he comes back. He's like, oh, you don't love me, father. Why? You know. <laughs> but I, but I also love the fact that he's this most kick-ass thing until he meets Batman for thirty seconds, who just basically bitch slaps him. Yep. And then. He you know, like falls down, falls apart, and then he's back up again. He's tough again. And I'm like, was this your moment of weakness? What the hell was that? Yeah. You know? um, he was a very weird character. Well, I mean, come on. It, it, just speaking from my personal experience, if you stand in the presence of Batman, you know, you're going to be intimidated, man. That's, they don't make you shit. Yeah, but it's Deathstroke. They give you a tremor in your hand. It's, it's Deathstroke, it's, fuck, it's supposed to be Deathstroke. Even Superman will shudder in the sight of Batman. Yeah. Batman's got Krypton in his back pocket. Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> shudder. That's just that's just his uh, his outside underwear moving a little bit. <laughs> wow. We're so, meeting later, Bruce. Oh yeah. <laughs> so what's funny is uh, so what's funny is um, you know all, with all that being said, then they started like you talked about you know they introduced Talia and Talia talks to Batman and then they introduced Damien. Yeah. How did you feel about Damien as a character? I know I felt when I saw him and I heard his voice I was like wow. His voice is very cute. I don't see how he could be annoying. About five minutes later, I was like, oh, no, wait. There no, it is. I, I mean, I, I had no problem. I really had, I found the voice acting in general to be acceptable. I don't find any of it was very good. I mean, like, over the top good. I did feel that Talia, uh, her voice felt a bit phoned in. So the actress, I felt, felt a little bit phoned in with her. Everyone else I found acceptable. I didn't think anyone was amazing. So um, Damien's voice didn't bother me. As a character, I mean, I despise him in general, um, comic book-wise. I didn't become one iota endeared anymore by him, but I just love, I mean, at least in the comics, you got a little something, something, but you know, you just go, by the way, you have a son. He immediately insults Batman like he does in the comic, except in the comic, it was done way better. It's the same line. Yeah. It was just a different situation, you know, because I'm in the comic book. What happens? It's the same line when he meets, you know, it's like, so you're my father. I thought you'd be taller. You know, it's the same line, but in the comic book, it's while Batman's being held by about four man-bat commandos, his head's being forced to look down at Damien, and Damien has a, a knife pressed right into his neck, you know, like right there, <laughs> ready to draw in blood. It's like, there's a big difference in that scene. Yeah. But, but anyhow, so he's just like, I thought you'd be taller. Next scene, he's standing on the dock with Batman, boat going away. I'm like, um, would you like to tell us what was said? Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, I've I'm, had enough of this bitch. Take him. I was about to say, I, <laughs> you know? I was about to say I'm wondering about what that conversation was like. Okay. Move aside for a second, Damien. You fucking expect me to take this kid? I don't know. Mine. Oh no, not until a blood test. I ain't touching. I am not paying for it. Mari Povich, we are going on there next week. <laughs> and, and, and then you hear her saying, "Listen here, Bruce. I haven't had a break in like a million years, and I'm going to the single cruise." All right. <laughs> That's what it's like. That's no, no, Tali was more like, "Yeah, Bruce, I understand. What's that over there? Is the Joker?" <laughs> And then ran away. <laughs> it's the Joker. Beat, it's the Joker beating up Gandhi and Elvis. <laughs> you know, and, because it was just—it was literally cut him standing on the dock, and I mean, and we're seeing them from the back of the boat, and they're both staring at the boat going away. And I'm sure Damien, his mind was like, "Mother, come back!" And you know, Bruce was like, "Bitch, come back!" <laughs> you know, I mean, it just made no sense because I mean, again, you gave me nothing, so you cut to that. So I felt very cheated with the whole 
and here's your son. But you know, what? we don't know why I left. I would have, I would have, I would have accepted it more if maybe they had a cut scene and Alfred's talking to ba- Alfred's talking to Batman. And he goes, "Well, sir, I don't understand why." You know, and he goes into the, "Why would you even do this if you're not sure?" I pack a bat condom for a reason, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Bat would say, "Look, you know what? You know, if he says something along the lines of, you know what? As a kid, he looks misguided. You know, I don't know if it's mine yet, but I would never want to turn my back on something that could be possible." If he said that, then you could say, "Okay, now I see why." Well, I, I mean, the thing is, it's, but that though wouldn't be with Alfred. I mean, the decision of that kid staying is between Talia no, and no, Batman. But, but what I'm saying is that he would talk to Alfred about his. Now you don't have to oh, show. Right, right, right. You don't have to show the That's argument with Talia. You can go. Alfred saying, "Well, why did you take him in?" And then Alfred, and then he tells Alfred, "Or here's here was my rationale behind it." Right. He That's might not have to tell Talia, but he would have said, "This is why," because right. he confides in Alfred. Well, now that you're on the topic of Alfred, what did you think about Alfred? Because I love well, his well, sarcasm. David, well, David McCallum was right on. He was pitch perfect for Alfred. Um, yes. David McCallum. I love David uh, McCallum. He's in yeah. NCIS. He's, I was about to say, oh the only God. way that any modern, um, young people would know him now is through NCIS. But he used to be, he was the man from Uncle, which is an old spy TV show, very James Bondy. Um, and he was also The Invisible Man, which was a TV show in the 70s. Uh, you know, um, I remember watching that one. Um but he was really good. And it's so funny because, really, he sounded just like me. I mean, not the voice inflection, but everything he said, I'm like, Man, pretty much I would have exa- said the same thing. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I should be a butler for rich people. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm like, I've just realized that this is what I should be doing for a living. You know? Hold on, newsflash. Black guy wants to be a butler for rich people. <laughs> I, I can see it now. Uh, oh, Michael, do I, how do I look in this clothes? Well, madam, you look... Uh, Acceptable. <laughs> I know. I would have been no. a blind person. No, no. no, no. See, I, I, you have to always be much more cool as that. But, but you know, <laughs> how do I look in this outfit, madam? Did you think that you looked fat in this outfit? Yes, I did. That's why I'm asking. Your judgment is always impeccable. <laughs> that is how you answer that question. <laughs> so, so, and so, that's why I know that I was meant to be a butler for wealthy people. So, so, so Mike should have been the fucking black butler from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> <laughs> and now the Philadelphia cycle is complete and there we're done. <laughs> and that's all for the show today. Yeah. <laughs> for Mike the I, Finance Guy. I don't get it. No, I, I missed, um, I, I really, because he really had not only just the best lines, because Alfred always has the best lines for the most part. But he, you know, it just made the movie, he made it more enjoyable when he was there. So, yeah. like, the last half of the movie, he's really not in it for the most part. Yeah. And I missed him. You know, it really <laughs> helped break up the movie because the movie needed something to help keep me awake. I mean, he had a lot of great lines for when he was there. But still, I mean, I, I mean, I love the other lines. But my favorite is just because it's, again, it's just how I know. I know I answer this way to people when they're pissing me off and whatever. And I'm just going to be a sarcastic ass anyway. It's uh, when he's talking to Damien in the room and... Uh, you know, they've already had a, a jab of exchanges already, but Damien just goes, watch it, Pennyworth. I'm not so young that I don't understand sarcasm. And Hopper just goes, while well, I'm much too old to, to care. care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, that's exactly, I've said that to people. <laughs> yeah. You know? I, but yeah, that, Alfred was, I, I, I liked Alfred. I liked the way Alfred oh, was great. portrayed. And, and like you said, it, it, it broke up the, the, the dynamic of Batman and, and Damien and Batman and, and um, Talia and of course the stuff we're watching with the villains it kind of get added some co- some um, comic relief which mm-hmm. who I actually thought was going to be the intent of um, Dick Grayson being yeah. in there well he had a little he I mean a little he bit. had a little yeah. um, you know but their little tussle where <laughs> where's well when you're watching it the first scene is you see uh, Damien kicking ass he's about to kill one of Deathstroke's Bulu what's his name Bulu 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 Bulu? 
Baloo from Tailspin? Baloo. The bald guy. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Anyways, so he's already, he's pretty much kicked his ass, This, which is kind of hilarious where you got this like 300 pound gorilla guy getting his ass kicked by this 90 pound kid. Yeah, it's not hilarious. It's what's flawed completely about the character of Damien. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he's about to kill him with a sword and you just see, you would expect Batman to be right there and like stop him, but no, it's Nightwing that stops him. Swoops in. It swoops in and stops him and then it, the scene cuts and when it cuts back again, it's Batman answering the phone from Nightwing saying, okay, um, we got we got a guy here who says he's your son. And you go you back to Nightwing and you see he's all cut up. Right. And Damien's hanging from the light pole all tied up. Right. <laughs> I mean, and it was cute, but you don't have a battle between those two and not show any of it. Yeah. That was horrible. Well, at the at the very end during the credits, they show like little cutscenes of them fighting. That's no, nah. you don't show it to me at the end of a movie. You show that, it to me at the that, movie. That's like having it's, a porn and having the girl walk right. in with her button, uh, with, taking off her buttons, then watching him smoke a cigarette afterwards, right. and then the in the credits, there's intermittent sex. He's about to put it in. Exactly, she's about to open her mouth. Yeah, it's exactly what it's like. I'm like, you don't. It's that's, a, it's a, it's that's a, the new wave in porno. We should cash in on it now and become rich. <laughs> that's great for the porno, but not for this DC animated movie. <laughs> right. It was horrible to do that. I'm like, you do not tell me that you have a fight scene between Nightwing and Damien as Robin and then don't show it to me and then show a ha-ha-ha humorous result. You know, I'm like, that was just I, bullshit. I, I that, that, that pissed me off. Even, no even if you show a little bit of the fight, even if you're like concerned about time, because DC has this thing about, they like their movies um, an hour 10, yep. an hour nine an hour eight they never go with the full full length one hour 20 minutes one hour 30 minutes i think they can add some of the stuff like if they would have added that fight scene even if it was two three minutes it wouldn't have killed them no. it wouldn't have killed them no, it actually would have added to well it to really would have added to it because i mean that's a fight that you want to see because well first of all it's, you know it's it's not the fight that you got in the comics which i'll talk about right. what's missing from the comic versus what you're getting here i'll talk about that later but you know, I mean, you're missing two things, too. You also miss, because even in the comics, there was a, it won't say it was a fight. It was a scuffle he tried with Batman in the books. Right. You didn't even get that. So because you're not giving me that, I at least want to see him put his skills up against one of the Bat family. One of the Bat yeah. family, right. You know, and it was just like, you just cheated. And that just, that just pissed me off to know. And it kind of goes to, you know, what we were, what we were talking about. If you don't, why, why change it if it works perfectly fine? What, let's go right into it. You, you talked about in the book, it was different. And in, and in the book, um, from what um, from what I understand, he um, he fights another Robin. Besides, I mean, he he fights Dick Grayson later on in the in his time as as Damien, but he fights um, Di, um, Tim Drake first, right? Right. Who? Well, he was still Robin. Right. <coughs> Pardon me. And uh, Damien wanted to be Robin. He just was like, well, you know, I should be by my father's side. Um, so Batman had left. This is in the comic book, not in the movie. Batman had left to help Commissioner Gordon fight a, a character called the Spook. Right. Turns out that Damien had already been there and killed the spook. He decapitated him, brought the head back with him to the bat cave where Tim Drake is, put a grenade in the spook's mouth and threw it at Damien. I mean, threw it at Tim Drake, hoping to blow him up. That fails. Then they end up, you know, getting like, Tim Drake is on top of the big dinosaur that's in the bat cave. And, you know, they kind of fighting around. Damien punches him off. He falls crashes into all this glass stuff like that and he's basically unconscious damien is not we're not talking about about to knock him out more he's about to kill him you know right. and uh oh no no i'm sorry no i'm sorry he had fallen down i'm sorry i forgot how this went uh there's another fight damien almost falls off one of the ledges of the Batcave. uh tim drake grabs him 
And as he's trying to pull him up to help him, Damien kicks him off the ledge. And now um, Tim Drake falls this great height and he's on all this glass stuff and he's badly beaten up. And he was about to come back down to kill him when Bruce shows back up at the Batcave. And so he doesn't even tell him that Tim is there. He's just going to let him bleed to death. And so because um, Batman asks him, he's like, well, have you seen Tim? He's like, he left. He was just angry. Do you still feel like that should have been in the movie? 100% yes. No, I, I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. Yes. I feel like, I feel like <laughs> number one, you couldn't explain. I mean, you could explain Tim Drake, but with all the iterations, they haven't, they haven't used Tim Drake not once in the Batman mythos. So I can see why they said, okay, you know, we have Dick Grayson there. He'll be the medium. He'll be the person in the middle. You know, we don't need the, Tim Drake because, you know, that's going to complicate people understanding who Tim Drake is. But also, if you show that level of him, I think DC was afraid you'd look at him as too evil and you wouldn't like him anyway. Right, which is I was about to say. Right. In other words, so what DC is saying, according to you, I'm just you okay. know, no, of course, paraphrase, yeah. what they're saying is, oh, we don't want to show him as evil as we wrote him. And not just for a little bit, his entire run, he was a problem. He killed three people in his run. Okay. We're not going to show him the way we wrote him. We're going to sugarcoat it, change it, and then what? I'm like, it's not like this is like some, I'm not reaching back to going, well, back in 1940 when they introduced Damien. No, <laughs> back three months ago when he was killing people, this is the character you wrote. You decide to, I mean, he still wasn't any nicer. I mean, he still killed people in here, but of course, they were the right people to be killed as long as Batman well, wasn't well, there. Well, he didn't. Which was like, who did he well, when he, he, shot, all, he all shot three ninjas, he ninja. shot three ninjas yeah. and then killed other. You know, he, he cut up a few other ones. Yeah, you know. So I'm like, so well, he know, cut he, up, but he didn't kill. He didn't, yeah, he didn't really kill him. Well, no, if, if, if Batman's up, not around, if Batman's not around before Batman made him promise, he killed. I mean, that was just understood. He was League of well, Assassins. He you know? did change at the very end when he had the chance to kill Deathstroke. He says, well, Deathstroke is like, why? Yes, why? Kill me. That's why I said when his father wasn't around. You mean you mean the can the canned line of no, I am my father's son too. I was like bullshit. It, okay, it was I just wrote that. yeah. I mean, it was just absolute bullshit. But it was just like I said, it's these changes that they made in the character that they defined. And I'm like, well, you wrote, you let him be written this way. But I think don't could, go back now. I think they could have yeah. done some things different to still represent that he still had malice and whatever. But they didn't have to go by the by the book because if you go by the book, it's still too much to explain, too much to. Well, I mean, for, I don't there. think the Tim Drake thing is that hard to explain. I mean, it, Batman has a Robin. I mean, just let, let's put it this way: you go, it's Batman. I have a Robin because Nightwing is decorated. Because if that's the case, because again, your argument is this. Well, everyone knows who Nightwing is. It's like, well, why? But it's, but it's, <laughs> you know? but it's easier to get there to talk about Dick Grayson because you know that that was Batman's first. With Tim Drake, you got to explain how he how he became Batman or to, to well, understand oh, their relationship. No, actually, actually, I'm going to call you out on this one call because me. we had a conversation and you said the kids nowadays know who as the first Robin. Say it. Say it. Tim, Tim Drake. Drake. So anyone watching this movie is very well aware that Tim Drake has been Robin because that's the Robin they know. But if everything on TV is Dick Grayson and you have Tim Drake. Well, who's Nightwing? Dick Grayson. But, 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 but then you, you give see, it to the middleman. But, but you see what I'm trying to say is like it's it's either or. You're good either way. You okay. Know? But, but again, even if they didn't have to make it as drag, it's just that they took out everything that made this book so good. The, the, the man back commandos fighting. Um Talia is the one that was leading all this. You know, now they made a death stroke. You know, she sent these man bats to attack the museum and they're right. killing people left and right in this museum. Batman is the one single handedly dealing with this, you know, before he's even met his son. Um, he never got a chance to. And again, now I'm talking about setup stuff, which they really ignored setup stuff for other movies. He should have met Jezebel J, uh, Jet by this point because Jezebel Jet turns out that becomes his love interest. She's an African princess that he meets at the museum, becomes his love interest for quite a while. 
only to learn that she's an agent for the Black Glove. That's a story all on its own that they should have been setting up. The yeah. black, I'm just I'm just talking about setups. I'm just no, 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 but I'm just leading in. No, 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 I agree. I agree with you if they're doing that, but they're not. They're not. Marvel's right. doing the setups. I think with the Justice League stuff, they're doing setups. With Batman, they're doing one shots. Right. Well, I mean, but again, but that's my whole thing is that, and then this is, but not setting up properly. Again, I don't mean setup as in, and now the next movie has to be this. Is that then it leads to just what you're saying, which is, well, but then if we try and do this movie that we didn't, that we could have given hints to. No, no, now we yeah. can't use the story the right, right way. We have to change it because it's confusing. It wouldn't have been confusing, you know. So that the re- what I'm leading to is because another big story that that Black Glove led off of was Batman R.I.P. Right. You know. So it's just like you just kind of miss these big. Leaps, but but I think you know? that the problem is less about the movie and all about all the movies all together, which is don't be one shots. Let's let's do it so that if you make another movie, it's still in that universe. And what DC's afraid of is if you make it. If you make it, I mean, no, what they like is that if you make it one shots, you could do all different stories from all different eras and you don't have to explain it, which is smart. But when you're talking about if you're doing a whole bunch of movies within a year and they're all about the same characters yeah. and, and they're all about the similar type of like, you know, the same timeline, you should be connecting them all together. Yeah. And also, of course, they, they left out. I mean, now this would have been way too confusing, but it's just a great scene um, for anyone that's read Batman and Son. Uh, originally is that there was just a great scene because it basically opens up with the Joker throwing uh, Gordon off the roof who's already been sprayed with venom, uh, his Joker venom. So he's laughing as he's falling. He gets caught by the GCPD. But then um, Batman shows up, starts battling with the Joker. Joker gets the upper hand when Batman reaches down, grabs the gun and shoots him right in the face. Oh, that's right. And then it turns out, of course, it's not Batman. It's someone that's been dressed up like Batman because there's a lot of crazies. But it's just this great opening scene to a Batman book, you know. Yeah. Um, Another thing that I just wanted to mention that because uh, I kind of touched on when we were talking about Damien before, uh, before we try to do a wrap up here, is that I mean it's bad in the comics. It's always been bad in the comics, um, but just seeing, but at least through the comics, you you went over it for a few years with Damien, and they're throwing all his ridiculous, incredible ten year old stuff that he's learned in these ten years crap at you. In a movie, it was just so ridiculous. You know, you had he's ten years old. You have to remember, and they've made that quite clear. He's got full assassin skills, whatever that belie his size and strength of a ten year old, which. All right, whatever. It's a comic book movie. It, he's got a PhD level in accounting, you know, which, of course, they use and they show, oh, someone's been skimming, which never becomes a plot point at all, you know, which was weird. But it's just like, so you had time for training to be a ninja and an accountant? Why? I'm not even quite sure what <laughs> Rachel Gould's plot was in that one. Um, he hacked NORAD at six. Stupid. He's solo mountain climbing at the age of four. That's oh, yeah. almost physically impossible for anything. Okay. And then to top... All of that off when when um, he's left Batman in the hotel room to seek his revenge against um, Deathstroke. It's clear from where they are to you have to get off the land first. But once you're off the land, they state there is a 50 mile swim. Now, I did my math. All right. So he's now you have to remember he did a 50 mile swim in under just just under the time that Batman flew there. OK. And Robin had to fly from Gotham to Scotland. Okay, and was only like what another forty minutes out from that. Okay, he managed to swim that the fastest recording of any human being. And I mean, we're not talking; we're talking any human being swimming this is a mile is in fourteen minutes and thirty one seconds. All right, it's actually really shy of a mile. Fifty miles would be seven hundred sixteen minutes or eleven hours and fifty six minutes. Even if you said because he's human, but let's just pretend it's comic book human. If he did it in half that time. It would still be five hours. Right. <laughs> you know? I, I didn't think you 50 miles. I thought I heard two miles. No, it was 50. 50. No, I, I, I did nothing uh. but replay and rewind that movie constantly while I watched it. It just aggravated me to no said, end. 
um, what was it? Nightwing tells Batman, what's, uh, the oil tanker is 50 miles off the coast. What's he going to do? Swim there? And then you see yeah. him pop his head up. Because <laughs> you know, he swam there. And I'm like, bull. I mean, if they had just, couldn't you have just said two miles? Like, you know, like 50 <laughs> miles. Yeah, because no one could swim that. Nothing alive could swim even if it was 11 hours straight, he'd be dead. There's no food. There's no car. I mean, it's, it was just, it's just like, you're just, it was just too much, you know? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe he had like a, some sort of booster or something. I don't know. What, do you have a tank? I know he had a rebreather on. Five hour energy tank. <laughs> they had an underwater tank? Yeah, they had a swim tank. It's yeah. called the submarine tank. <laughs> all right. Sure, all everyone right. knows that. I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. Let's go with ratings and let's start with Mike. Mike, ratings. Um, for Negative the action, 77. Almost. <laughs> I, I, was, I was trying to be fair with the action. And, and overall, again, all of these problems aside, just saying that sitting there watching the film, you know, just try to turn your brain off because it's the only chance you're going to have. It's not going to work too well, but it's going to help. I was, I was more generous with this one than I thought I was with uh, the Spider-Man. So I gave it uh, six follow-up calls to the ACS about Bruce and his son out of 10. <laughs> I was waiting for the whole bad parent thing because... Well, it, I had already kind of mentioned that, but I mean... You but know. even when he says things like, oh, man, like he throws the ninja star at yeah. him and he catches it and he goes, you caught it. What would have happened? He goes, no, no, you know, you, you would have gotten hurt. Right, but then well, when he says the thing of... He says oh, that he caught that. Right. He, sa- he says... Well, he, well, I can tell you... That, that would have hurt. Yeah. Well, no, it's an exact quote because I wrote this one down as well. Exact quote. Batman throws the shuriken right at his son's head. I mean, flat out... At his head, not any preparation. At least he goes, no, he says heads up. He just goes, good reflexes. And Damien's like, what if I hadn't caught it? It would have hurt. Yeah. I'm like, you threw a shuriken at your boy's <laughs> head. You are the worst human being, let and, alone parent. And, and this is coming from somebody who does not like kids. So if yeah. he's saying it, it's got to be fucked up. <laughs> so six, you said six out of ten? I gave it a six out of ten. Six out of ten. Okay, Ralph. I give it, what was it? Two and a half. Uh, bloody unattended Damien uh, wrists out of five because he gets stabbed in both his freaking wrists right insane he pulls one through the knife and then pulls the sword and then he just continues on like we nothing talking, happened we were talking about that one I'm like and then yeah he's, and he's fighting Deathstroke at yep. this point he's not just fighting some random by the way why are they the League of Assassins that train the worst assassins? They can't block anything that anyone throws at them. They're, they're, they're called League of Assassins, not League of Type A rated assassins. Yeah, but then, then in that same scene, you know, um, you hear the little like snap, like like insinuating that um, Deathstroke broke his right arm. Yeah, he tosses the sword up and grabs it with his left and does this little thing there. But then he keeps on fighting, and then at the end, you see him like his right arm is fine. Yeah. It's like, what the hell happened? Did, did the Lazarus pit go through him or some shit? What splashed on his clothing? Yeah, literally. <laughs> oh, and that was another weird one, too. Spoof. When he, uh, you know, that, like, I, I just, it's also, I mean, it's always confusing with Batman, but again, to see it played out and then to hear how they talk, the, the whole family dynamic that they were doing is that you have Talia that gets shot and, you know, she almost dies, I guess, you know, and she gets revived, of course, in the right. Lazarus pit, which I don't understand how Batman could stand in the Lazarus pit all that time. And nothing affects him, but that's, I, I'm not here for that one. But this is what I love. So Natalia heads the League of Assassins, which are killers of thousands. They're not the League of people that take baby's candies. They're the League <laughs> of Assassins, okay? Batman is trying to put the League out of business. That's one of his main goals. You know, in time, you know, he takes it down whenever they pop up, and he wants it taken down, you know? So Batman revives Talia, which is, by the way, his date rapist. Her death would have left the League vulnerable, 
Okay, now Talia leaves her son with Batman, who will do what? I mean, it's already obvious. He's going to train the boy to be honorable and to fight killers and bad guys. And then her parting words, she's like, I, I'll be back for Damien. Teach him well. Well, he's, she's teaching him to not like people like you. I'm right. not sure what you want him back for. <laughs> like, it was just the most confusing. I'm like, it's like, a, it's like, a t- no, it is, first of all, it's like a woman. Second of all, oh, oh. okay. Ralph, give apology. And now we apologize to all the women in the world. His, we you know to say that the cap's opinions are all his. So you know, me and <laughs> you're a disclaimer. Get out of here. I'm just saying. I, and I'd also like to add that Gigi will deal with him later. Oh, Gigi will deal with me later. Because <laughs> because here's the thing that, that about Talia, like you know, I don't understand. I totally understand because in her head, she's like, mm-hmm, you're gonna teach him. I'm unteaching because I know the right way. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just so ridiculous. Like yeah, you know, yeah, it was just one of the things that just got me, and it was just another like nail in this coffin of this story. I'm like, well, I mean, and, and I'll be honest with you, I wish I could split my rating because if it was for oh two and a half out of five, no, <laughs> what? Well, no, no, split the rating mean meaning I was gonna give it. If you talk about action and and the color and the way it looked, and even though I had no problem with O'Mara's version of Batman, I would give it a, a, a three and a half out of five. But because of the story, it goes down to a two. Out of Damn. two out of five, Robin wannabe costumes that are stuck in the glass. <laughs> I, I feel like I, I like the way it moved. I like the way it looked. I like the way Croc looked. But that's me, the artist. And then when you talk about the story, there's a lot of problems, obviously, yeah. there. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, and oh, there was one other voice real fast that was horrible. Gordon's voice was horrible. Yeah. I don't know who they picked. They just found some like the cleaning guy. Hey, you want to do a voice? You know, it was just weird. <laughs> Yeah, you know. he calls right. his wife. Hi, honey. Like, guess I wasn't that Batman movie. That movie sucked. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it, son of Batman. It sucked. Geeks on the go in Spanish. <laughs> Thank God it was in English, <laughs> <laughs> and that's part of the humor. Okay, guys, we already know what we're gonna do. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek, and we never make it under a minute. So we thought about adding two more minutes and making it a three-minute segment. No. No. Uh-uh. Uh, <laughs> you guys can barely answer the questions I got now. <laughs> we barely want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you ready? Go. We, oh, uh, damn, Mr. I don't want to get it before the rain I guess comes he's in. ready. <laughs> Go. Which hero has done more to honor their predecessor? Terry McGinnis from Batman Beyond or Miles Morales from Ultimate Spider-Man? Mike. I love them both, but... Terry always wins out. Batman Beyond's my boy. Oh, man. Ralph. Sean hates that. (laughs) I know he does. I have to agree with the unagreeable Mike here. (laughs) (laughs) Terry McGinnis. That's the man. All right. Nice nice circle jerk on that one. (laughs) (laughs) If you were in charge of Warner Brothers, would you stay with the plan of Superman, Batman, or scrap it, lose money, and start from scratch? Ralph. I'd use the tank that I own and blow up the whole studio. Wow. Mike. Murder everyone associated with this abortion, then start from scratch. Even by losing money. Interesting. Okay. I don't care if I have to loan the money. Wow. <laughs> As stated earlier, with Andrew Garfield ending his Spider-Man run in with the third movie, what do you think Sony and Columbia will do? Ralph. Uh, hopefully they get over the little tissel with Marvel. And then, oh. oh, time's up, but we still go because we don't care. <laughs> And uh, join, sell back, you know, Spider-Man to them and then have Spider-Man in the Avengers movie. That would be cool, but Sony ain't going to do that. Oh, that's way too much money. Just let me get in my tank. They'll do it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You have to go down the narrow streets. Mike. What will Sony Columbia do when they uh, run out of Andrew Garfield? Yeah. They're going to shit their pants. Then they're going to change them and then shit them again. (laughs) Um, You know, I mean... 
I doubt they're going to go the Miles Morales way. I mean, it sounds noble and nice. I just don't see it happening. It's not so much that the world cares that there's a black Spider-Man per se. I Peter Parker has too many stories still. You know? Okay, no, I, I agree. I agree. And last but not least, um, if you had a, if you had to create a one through ten scale for rating movies, you know, rating the movies that we watch using comic book movies, which movie would represent your one? And which movie would represent your perfect 10? Mike. Number one, Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. Number 10. Eh, it's, I can't choose between the two of them. It's going to be Avengers and it's going to be the Captain Marvel America Winter Soldier movie. Wow. I, okay. I like them both. So, so, so it's two recent ones. I thought you would have went back for one. No, I couldn't. I mean, I really love Incredible Hulk and I really like the Iron Man, the first one. But... I don't know. I mean, these two, I thought, really kind of nailed what I was looking for. Okay. You know, All right. Know. Interesting. Those would be up there. They'd be nines. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph. The number one would be the original Fantastic Four that they made back in, like, 19-whatever. Oh, it's 2000-something. You sure? Yeah. No, 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 no. The one that's... Oh, the 94 um, Roger right, Corman the version. Roger Corman version. Yes, that one. Which I still have not seen. <laughs> and my 10 would definitely... You know, I had a hard time, but I said Avengers... And then nine would be Captain America, Winter Soldier. Okay. And I'll add for this one. I was going to say my 10 would be Captain America, Winter Soldier. Oh, what a surprise. And my my number one, my my scale of one would be (laughs) the Captain America from um, the the one with the the Red Skull was Italian. Oh, you're talking about the Captain America from the 90s? Yeah. That was really worse than Daredevil and Ghost Rider? Oh, yeah. And Ghost Really than Ghost Rider? <laughs> I, have to, I haven't seen And Ghost Rider No I'm just saying But Ghost Rider And let alone Spirit of Vengeance That Captain America Was bad They don't even show it like, yeah. At least they'll show it On TNT They'll show Ghost Rider On TNT They won't dare show I That Captain America I, I remember seeing That version of Captain America Like very long That's the one Where he has the motorcycle Right? And the yeah. shield Yeah mm-hmm. I remember seeing like a, a snippet, but I think I was like three years old at that time. And you laughed silly too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nah, nah, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> just hearing you as a baby just makes me laugh. <laughs> and your even your baby impersonations suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quit whining. So that's the end of our show for today. So for MFG, Mike the Finance Guy, and RT Square, Rafa the Tech, this is the Cap saying, keep it geeky. And according to Mike's wall, If you see my face, you can't do nothing.